And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. I find their illogic and foolish emotions constant irritant. Then transfer out, freak! Along the circus, right next to the dog-faced boy. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit. Ah! Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? And now, together by live simulation via the internet. Scott Gardner. He's an asshole. And Chris Honeywell. He stinks and I don't like him. It appears we have lost our sex appeal, Captain. Yes. Hello and welcome to Two True Freaks. This is Commentary Monthly Monday for July 2013. My name is Scott Gardner and I am joined as always by my bestest friend, Chris Honeywell. Two True Freaks, morons in disguise. (laughs) Oh, we're not. We're very well disguised, actually. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) We just have our nose glasses and... I have my moron mask on. (laughs) (laughs) What would be our Transformer names? I'd be like Optimum Durr or something like that. Gasatron. (laughs) Noximus Prime. (laughs) Noximus Prime. There you go. (laughs) Yes, we are going to be covering Transformers. Not Transformers the movie from 1986. God knows I tried. That's been recommended <laughs> to us several times. Uh, b- basically, since we started the show, I think. <clears throat> people have been trying to get us to watch that. And as much of a Transformers kick as I've been on lately, I did actually go and, and give that movie a try. And, uh, it's a bridge too far, is it? I don't want to slight anybody, because I know that there are people out there that just, you know, love they it. love that movie. And so I don't want to be critical. I don't want to slight anybody. Lord knows I have my uh, my 80s hits that, that I love as well, but I think it's just a simple matter of, uh, uh, what would you call it? Not not like a generation gap, but just like a, a disconnect somewhere. You know what I mean? Cause, yeah, it's, uh, a, it's, a, it's like a half generation a gap. A half generation, I guess, yeah. 
because you know it's funny. You and I were were commenting just before we started recording that um, this may very likely be the first commentary we've ever really done. Well, no, you know what? I, I'm I don't think we're we're considering like when we did like Dark Knight. <laughs> But generally speaking, we yes, always... but we were more from we were definitely both more familiar with the material surrounding Dark Knight. That's true. That okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. What what I was gonna say is, you know, before we got recording, you had made the comment that this is really like the first time we've ever done a commentary where we are, we weren't like intimately familiar with the with the material or had grown up, you know, loving this movie or something like that. That we're kind of going into this like. New well, it's you know Dark Knight. We didn't really like that movie, and this movie, I I I I saw it when it when it first came out, and I expected the worst because it was Michael Bay. Now, did you see the this theatrically? Uh, I saw it at a broad theatrical time. I got gotcha, you. Okay, and, right. and uh, and uh, I remember, and so you know, there was that the aspect of it being free. <laughs> combined with low expectations and I was watching it and I'm like hey you know I enjoyed that movie I went I, I got all the way through it and I was like you know that that was a fun summer movie it was enjoyable and I thought to myself I'm very surprised that that I did not hate that <laughs> <laughs> you know I felt bad because I've done all kinds of research today for this episode and the one right. thing that I really meant to look up I, it just occurs to me I completely failed I forgot to look it up which was when exactly the uh, the uh, uh, Transformers phenomenon I almost said Avengers when the uh, Transformers phenomenon hit because I remember them I mean I know who they are I remember them being on TV and I remember them being a big deal but it was just it was at a point where we were just a, that little bit too old to get into it. You know what I mean? It was like... Well, we, were just, we were not watching t- cartoons on TV anymore. If it had been out in the 70s instead of the 80s, we would have been all up and down it. You know, it would have been the coolest thing in the world. I, I'm thinking if it had hit, say, 80, 81, maybe even mm-hmm. 82, mm-hmm. But I, I think yeah. it's, it, it had to have been... I'm thinking it was right around the time I was that we were stopped playing with action figures, which for me was probably about 80. I was about 15. Jedi had come out. All the new figures were coming out. And I can remember I bought one or two figures. Because I remember the last figure I ever bought from, like, I'm talking like original Star Wars stuff before right, I started right. collecting them as an adult, was the Red Imperial Guard. And I bought him, I took him home, I took him out of the package, I thought he was awesome, I started playing with my figures, realized, you know what, I think I'm just too old for this now. Packed them all in a box, and I never played with them again. And I think, at least to my mind, 83, 84 seems to be about that time when Transformers hit, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I could be... Please, guys, feel free to write in and let us know what the deal is with Transformers, because we're going to both confess right up front. Oh, like, if you do not know our shit when it comes to If you know anything about Transformers, this could be very painful for you. <laughs> you could be yelling at your MP3 player all through this, because I'm not going to get anybody's name right. I'm not going to know. I'm going to be like, what, is that a bad account or a good account? I can't tell. <laughs> My uh, my Transformers origin story is very short and sweet. It is I own one, a, a grand total of one Transformers comic, which is uh, 
Well, at least back in the day, rather, I did. I have a couple of them now. But back in the day, I, I owned a grand total of one. It was the third issue of the miniseries, which I've since learned... I, I guess how it started out in the comics anyway, Marvel Comics had the rights to do Transformers just like they did with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And they were doing a four-issue miniseries that never end, ended at issue 80. <laughs> and I was reading today that apparently issue 80, the last issue, does say number 80 in a four-issue limited series as a joke because they they were so successful after the first four, they just kept going. But anyway, I've got issue three... And the only reason I have that issue is that it guest starred Spider-Man at the time that Spider-Man was wearing the living symbiote, you know, the black costume that became Mm -hmm. Venom. And I own every single appearance ever of when he had the actual living costume. It was just something I collected. So by default, that issue warmed its way into my collection. I don't remember a damn thing about it. I don't remember if I liked it or I didn't like it. I just, I own it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, uh, so for you guys are probably thinking, well, well, then why the hell are you doing this episode? Well, here's what it comes down to is um, I'd seen this movie, the one we're about to watch, the two, uh, 2007 Michael Bay. When I saw it one time, um, when it hit DVD, my youngest boy, Logan, had wanted to see it for whatever reason. You know, probably his friends were telling him about it or something for whatever reason. We rented it. I watched it. And I thought, eh, you know, that was fun. It was, you know, big giant robots beating the hell out of each other. You know what? what the hell did you expect you know i mean i didn't go into it thinking it was going to be you know shakespeare or anything i I mean i enjoyed it i thought it was good but it was one of those like you know it was a one-off you know you watch it you think eh, it was all right and then you move on to the next thing so i haven't really thought much about it well here last month right about as we record this right now is probably about this time last month they Mm -hmm. started doing soft openings over at universal studios florida for Transformers The Ride. Ah. And so as a season pass holder, I thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll see if I can go over there and uh, and find, you know, one morning when they're going to be doing them or whatever and get in there. And we went, and sure enough, they were doing some soft openings, so we went and we jumped in line, and, uh, and we got to ride it, and I was completely blown away by it. I think it's awesome. I think it is easily one of the the best theme park attractions in Orlando not just Universal Studios but anywhere i mean i think it's just phenomenal it's if you've ever ridden spider-man um it's basically spider-man on steroids it's awesome it is a great great theme park ride but what i love about this one is that it does something that universal is just now starting to kind of get on board with something that Disney mastered a long, long time ago, which is starting the story in the queue. You know, so that as you're waiting in these ginormous lines, you're basically being um, introduced... Prepped up. Yeah, exactly. You're being introduced into what the story of the attraction is going to be. This is kind of a new concept for Universal. And I thought they did a really, really good job with this particular ride because... It does educate you about what the Transformers story is with Cybertron and both sides and who the different characters are and things like that. But right off the bat, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'd seen the movie, but I didn't really remember all that much about it. So who's this guy and who is that guy and what the heck is Nest and all this stuff? 
So once I rode the ride and was so completely blown away by it, I was like, you know, now I want to go back and watch the movie again. Plus, the music is really good um, in the attraction and in the queue and everything. And I had remembered the music in the movie I, I really enjoyed at the time. So I went back, rewatched this movie, and then discovered that I liked it a whole lot better the second time around. So I was like, well, what the heck, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll continue on and I'll watch the other movies. So I've now seen the whole trilogy uh, a couple of times each. And I got to say, you know, when it comes to this particular incarnation of the of the Transformers, and again, I, I'm almost completely ignorant of the other versions, you know, as far as mm -hmm. the comics and the TV shows and the animated series and all that sort of thing. Speaking just for this universe of Transformers, the Michael Bay universe, I, I guess I'd kind of have to you know, call myself a, a, a new convert because I dig them, man. I, I, I've really enjoyed these movies, particularly the third one. I thought the third one was really, really good. So um, that's kind of where we're at with this is that you know so many people keep asking us to do a Transformers episode. I thought, well, what the hell? We'll, we'll start with the first one and see where it goes. But... Uh, Oh, by the way, at the at the end of this episode, if you stick around all the way to the end of it, um, I actually have a little uh, audio surprise for you. The audio from Ooh. Transformers The Ride 3D. Ooh. Wow. So that's where we're at. Um, are we ready to go ahead and dive into this thing? I think I'm ready. It's a long one, so... Oh, yes. That's what you said. Hold our breaths. <laughs> All right, so we are paused on the DVD at zero zero. So we're gonna go at three, two, one, and we'll get cranking here. So three, two, one, go. There we go. We got to the bloop bloop. All okay, right. we're right on time. Yeah, we looped at the right at the same time. Now I like the little. Metallic-y, transformer-y sounds at the beginning here, too. One thing I would say, as ignorant as I am about the cartoon Transformers, I do know uh -huh. the sound that they made on that show. Do you remember this, the cool sound that they would make when they uh -huh. would transform on the cartoon? I think this movie could have done with a lot more of that. Because they only make that exact sound like two or three times in the whole movie. And I always liked that sound. I thought the sound was really cool. I always forget that Spielberg's attached to this, too. He was In association here. with Hasbro. He was here. Before time began. I was actually was off the, the day that they did the grand opening for the attraction. Only the it was going to go. To and I talked myself out of it. Like, eh, it'll be really life. busy. And they're probably not going to make any big deal out of it. Because by that time, they had soft openings going for like a week or two. Like mm -hmm. So I convinced myself it wasn't going to be that big of a deal. And it turns out it was a major deal. They had Peter Cullen, who's the voice here of Optimus Prime, was there. Steven Spielberg was there. And all of the vehicles from the movie, including the big rig, Optimus was there, Bumblebee. I was like, God damn it. I wish I'd gone. I really wish I had gone to that building. Isn't this... Every this is um, Star Trek Next Generation Borg movie. <laughs> all hope seemed lost. Message of a new discovery drew us Yeah, to Peter Collins' voice is. Uh, Peter Collins would have been the one I was most. Earth. You know. I would have liked to have. About. Yeah, I would have liked to have talked to him about Kong. 
because he was also the voice of Kong in the uh, in the seventy. What year was that? Seventy six. Seventy six or seventy. I think seventy six. You're right. He actually uh, blew out his voice doing Kong for that movie. I would hope so. Get a little taste of home. Plate of Mama's alligators, etouffee. You've been talking about barbecue gators and crickets for the last two weeks. I'm never going to your mama's house, fig. So biased against Michael Bay because he's one of those filmmakers. Where it's not like Hitchcock, where he's like got a. His style is more like just the concept of like it's a big movie where everything blows up. We don't speak Spanish. So it's never very visually arresting or anything, but man, I think the subject matter and the way this movie is handled is like they found the perfect combination, oddly enough, you know? See, I think he takes a lot of shit, maybe um, undeservedly, because at the end of the day... I mean, what do you go into a movie like this expecting? I right. go into it expecting big, loud, dumb, blow shit up action, well, and that's well, exactly that's what it delivers thing. in space. And, and this, but this is big, dumb, blow up shit action with robots. So yeah. it's like, how realistic can you expect it to be, and all that? So it just, you know, if he's doing a movie, a quote unquote serious movie, you know, about some sort of you know exciting event or something but based in reality it can ta- it can take you out of it the the sort of like over the top cheesiness of it but in this it's a just you know part and parcel not to say the transformers are cheesy but there's an element of cheesiness to it it's from oh, a Saturday morning cartoon in a toy line so. Actually, one of the one of the criticisms I've heard, and I like this guy right here. I forget. Unidentified aircraft. You are See that? Hopefully, they'll show him again here in a second. Right, that guy right there, uh-huh. Colonel. It was funny because I was watching this today in preparation for doing this show tonight, and when I saw him come on screen, I was like, "Wait a minute! Uh, what's his name? Rorschauer, I think, is his name." It's funny because I didn't think he, I didn't remember him being in this, and then he says his name is Sharp, and it's on his uniform there, and I thought, wait a minute, he's got a different name in the other two movies. It turns out he he is in all three movies, but he plays a different role in two and three than the one he's playing right here, It's kind of weird and confusing. It's kind of weird and confusing. He was also the, uh, I forget what rank he was, I want to say... Colonel or General, he gets dissolved by um, Sebastian Shaw in X-Men First Class. He's the one that, remember Shaw absorbs the grenade mm-hmm. and then touches the guy and like makes him go away? That It was that guy. This part's really cheesy. Yeah, the lighting on Mom and the Baby is like a, like, insur- you know... She laughed? Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. <laughs> just fart. Yeah, that's the part that's she cheesy. Doesn't she, she just fart. She doesn't know you yet, but she will. <sighs> okay. But for some reason, they they figure if there's gonna be kids at the movies, they have to put a fart joke in and stuff. Oh, but what I started to say though is that one of the criticisms I've heard from people about this that were big fans of, say, you know, the comics or the or the car, especially the cartoon, was that too, too seriously? Yeah, it could have been cheesier. Which, yeah, um, I can see that. Yeah, but you wanna? I mean, 
you know, the, that's the thing about it. There's, it's, it's that sticky situation with a franchised, you know, type thing, where, where you're adapting it, where you know it has its base of, of viewers and fans. Sort of like Kevin Smith has his people. He knows there's a certain amount of people that are gonna go see his movies, which is really good if you do like a $10 million movie. Right. But when you do a $250 million movie, it's, uh, you gotta get people who wouldn't normally watch the cartoon, you know, to go see it because they're like, oh, this is gonna be exciting. So you have to make it appeal to them, too. See, one, my criticism with the Transformers transforming is it looks cool. But it doesn't give you a feel like when you have the toys, you know, there's sort of... And I'm really terrible. I If, if you want to see me, like, in the same mode as old guy using a playing a video game with a kid, it's when I go to a garage sale and I see a Transformer and I try to either make it into the robot or back into its thing, and I sit there like, you know, a monkey trying to figure out how to get into a safe, you know? I'm just like... Argh. <laughs> And, but then you figure it out, and there's like a logic to how it all folds up and stuff that's really cool. And I think that's the part of the appeal to it as kids, as a toy. It's just like, right? Ooh, it goes through this whole process, and they can make the noises with it. And in this, it's just like this flurry of activity, which is actually more realistic. But I think they could have sold more toys if they made it so the kids were just like, yes, that's just how the toy does it. But for yeah. all I know, kids see stuff a lot faster than us, and it could be exactly that. And right. I'm just too old and slow to figure it out. Now, when our troops set up a new base in Sandahar or wherever the hell this is supposed to be, do they really bring the, the Starfleet computer with all of the files and all the top-secret <laughs> shit and everything with them? Because I don't think they do that. See, people can say what they want about this guy, and I will profess, you know, again, ignorance of Michael Bay as well, because I think the only other movie of his I've seen besides these is uh, Armageddon, which I thought was a piece of shit, I'll be Amen. honest with you. Amen. No, I'm but, right there with you on that. I mean, in this particular instance, the guy's doing big, explodey action better than I've seen it done in a lot. I mean, that part with well, the flying tanks and shit was awesome, well, dude. What, like, like I'm, uh, um, it, I was just, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking that I'm like, this sequence here is very well shot. You can see everything oh, yeah. that's going on. You can tell where where everything is in okay, relation Wiki, to everything else, and you Sorry, get a feel for the action. And yeah, those tanks getting flung is great. There, it's a nice effect too. They're very awesome. realistic looking, and he's got the. It's Mr. Kenahan. <laughs> it is Mr. Kenahan. <laughs> I was just telling somebody about how there's a yearbook picture and you can so see the arrow. There's an arrow on the board pointing down. Look. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it should say freak above it. Perfect. But yeah, Mr. Kenahan's in one of the yearbooks with. Um, you know, you can see the arrow that Scott and I drew on the board, but you can't see the word freak over his head. <laughs> Warren K, Captain like K, the King of Carthage. Brave sailors straight into the Arctic shelf. Trust See, now the I like Martin Fisherman. But yeah, Michael Bay is—he—he he does a lot of. Um, what else has I mean, he done besides Armageddon? 
Uh, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I really like avoid his movies. I, I remember see I saw Armageddon in the theater and was just. Well, well, tell me, tell me if this would be sacrilegious to you because I saw somebody post something up about. You know the 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 proposed um, offshoot Star Wars movies that are we're going to be getting supposedly over the you know the next several years. You know not not the you know episode seven, eight, and nine, but you know all the offshoot ones. You know Boba Fett and Young Han Solo and Yoda and stuff like that. And there was a list of names thrown out there for directors that people would like to see, and people were losing their minds, going, "Please, dear God, no, not Michael Bay." And I'm thinking, really, because do it. I no, he think could he'd do, it. do a, a really kick-ass Star Wars movie, you know? Because I mean, come on, Star Wars is a lot like this. It's it's big, explodey shit. You know, I won't well, say here's dumb, here's, I don't here's think the thing. Dumb, but if if somebody turned in a good script for Michael Bay, he could make it into a Star Wars movie. You know, there's there's a few th- there's a few things. In his, it depends on how Star Warsy he is, when how much he loves Star Wars. But like his his camera style is definitely, if you notice, um, as on TV, there's always a sort of handheld jiggle sometimes. But if you notice with him, it's more of a smooth. There's always a smooth pan, and. Um, or or really is really yeah i know or a really slow zoom here's a zoom and you know we're craning up over it but and he likes to go in opposite directions or 90 degrees so the camera's always moving which is very non-star wars star wars was like set on a tripod sometimes the camera would follow stuff but it would just be your standard follow motion like this here where you don't really think of the camera moving it's just moving to keep people in frame and and do it but he does a lot of moving the camera to just keep things in motion you know keep that feeling of moving and uh, once you once you start watching for that pattern you can't miss you can't miss it after a while you know but it works for him you know it's not a it's not like a bad thing it's just a stylistic thing and uh but then again it depends on what offshoot he's doing for star wars because if you remember those star wars tales comics were done with all different kinds of art styles right yeah a lot of those were great See, you know, I'm hoping those are the movies that we're going to be getting because somebody could make a comedic Star Wars exactly, yeah. movie, you know, and it could be great, you know, it could be set, you know, it could be a Jawa movie for kids or something. You never I can never know. remember that actor's name that's playing his dad, but I like him because he was the. I, again, I don't remember what rank he was, but he was the commander guy in uh, the American Godzilla movie back from what was that '98 or whatever, and I liked him a lot in that movie too. Mm-hmm. New Godzilla movie coming out. Is there? Yep. Who's doing it? I cannot remember, but it was somebody. It was very promising sounding. It was a person who did that movie Monsters that came out a couple years ago that he shot for $10,000. And it was about all of South America being taken over by these weird monsters and like walled off and a reporter's there and he gets trapped over there and has to hire you know a mercenary to get him up the river and get him back into america with these giant sort of cthulhu like monsters walking the you know or sort of floating above the 
<laughs> the land and just destroying everything. It was like a, it was like a, it was like Godzilla mixed with Blair Witch, sort of like um, Cloverfield, you know. Oh God, I couldn't finish. But it was that good. Movie. But it was good. Yeah, Cloverfield. I thought Cloverfield was watchable, but it was ultimately like I didn't like none of the characters I I liked. Is this guy Cedric the Entertainer? Is that who this no, is? No, it's um. It's Bernie Mac, I think. Oh, Bernie Mac! It is Bernie Mac, the late Bernie Mac. Unfortunately. Oh, is he dead? Yeah, I think he died of a heart attack a few years ago. Oh, really? I thought maybe he died of pep, you know, like really bad acting or something. See, some of the 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 human parts of the story in this are like painful in their in their acting. I mean, you you give you give the prequel trilogy shit. Some of the acting in this is. Really, really, didn't bother me. It doesn't. Bo- it still. It doesn't bother me. It's. It, I. I. I have to say, this usually grates on me. And I remember the big criticisms were Megan Fox is a, a ditzy airhead, and Shia LaBeouf is the kind of guy you want to punch in the face, you know. And I was like, you know what? I found all the characters not like. Boy, these are characters I'm going to remember and love always. But they were engaging in a light way, you know. They were giving right. just enough story to the point of, for the most part, it's the stuff around the giant robots that was. It, it was not my favorite part of the movie, but it wasn't just like, come on, let's get to the robots, you know. And right. that's what I expected it to be. I actually expected myself to keep fast for just fast forwarding to the robot scenes and then watching those but no i was engaged through all this i think um guys you know maybe she is a uh just a not a very good megan fox is not the greatest actress but she does what she has to do in this movie right you know well i don't Every, think anybody hired her for her acting ability for no. this movie either you know so she's a little skinny for my taste but she's pretty you know and is is and, you know, they give her a the, the tomboy sort of role. Right. I read today, I can't remember if it said he was simply nominated or if he won, but that John Voight here was nominated for uh, a Razzie for this, for, like, worst supporting actor. And I'm like, really? It's John Voight. I didn't get it. I, I always I always like him. I always think he's engaging. He's He's... I mean, he's doing, he's playing the character that he's supposed to play in this, you know? Right. Is this guy supposed to be Kevin Smith? <laughs> kind of looks like him. It looks like they tried to make, like, NSA's working at full capacity Kevin Smith in the movie for some reason. But we need your help to Maybe there were just a lot of guys that looked like that during this time period. I'm bound to determine, by the way, that one of these days we're going to get a Comics Monthly Monday out there where you guys don't mention Kevin Smith. That, that, that actually is becoming a life mission of mine. I, it was it was like at the tail end of Comics Monthly Monday this month. Uh, I think it was all that brought him up. I was like, oh, Jesus, almost made it through. Like, a, what is that episode? Like two and a half hours? Almost yeah. made it through a two and a half hour episode, and at the tail end, somebody's got to bring up Kevin Smith. I'm like, God. <laughs> I need money to take out the girls when you need. Well, is let me check my fake eBay page. Yep, no bids. Large. Oh, I'm just gonna warn anybody if you hear any crinkling and crunching during this movie, since it is a long movie, and and I might have to snack. 
I will be snacking on, and Scott, you're going to appreciate this. I treated myself after a long weekend of work. Original flavored chicken and a biscuit crackers. Oh, you suck. That's it for today. No more. You know what? I have become addicted to. Um, over in it. I'm always afraid to talk about these things. I make it. I'm always afraid it sounds like I'm bragging, but I swear I'm not bragging. This is a serious addiction. Um, over in the the Epcot Pavilion. At, uh, or over in the Epcot, rather, at the Japanese Pavilion. The last uh, time Logan and I were there, we decided just on a whim to, like, well, let's let's just try something blind from, like, one of the little gift shop areas. You know, just, just you know, for giggles. And we bought this bag of shrimp-flavored... They're called chips, but they're actually, like, a, they, they're shaped like a, like a... Like one of those fat crinkle fries... Right, but they're crispy. Are they kind of shiny? Are they kind? Do they kind of. It's almost like a funyun type of yep. uh, type of yep. texture to it, but they're shrimp flavored. Rice flour. And then they've got different ones, like with different like seasonings on them. There's one with wasabi sauce. Oh, I bet you, you like that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Have you Is eaten it? wasabi peas yet? No, are they good? They're not actually peas. They're that same sort of rice flour stuff and rolled into little balls. With a green glaze of wasabi over them. So they're just crunchy little balls of wasabi. I'm telling you, man. Sushi. Not sashimi, which is the raw stuff, but sushi, which is is cooked. Mm-hmm. Sushi, you take the sushi, and then you put a big ball of wasabi on top of it. And you can get the wasabi paste. You can go buy wasabi paste. It's cheap. And all you do is... Add enough water so it balls up, and you can, like, mix that stuff with some mayonnaise, man, and put that on your sandwiches. I think you saw me. Wazing. Oh, you're making me hungry. I got no snack in front of me for the next two and a half hours. Uh, I'll I'll stop. (laughs) I've been eating a lot of bad, delicious food lately, including (laughs) big candy. Not far. Just up that mountain. Don't these fools know that it's always the little kid that they send into the camp to blow people up? I know. <laughs> Dude, are you sure we're invited to this party? Of course, Miles. It's a lake. Well, not in the, it's a Spielberg movie. I was figuring the kid was going to end up becoming some kind of short round, you know? Dude, Michaela's here. Just don't do anything weird, all right? I'm good, right? You cheat, Optimus Prime. This reminds me of the part where, uh, where Alex Rogan goes... Well, it's actually the robot... Alex Rogan goes to the lake with the hot girl in Last Starfighter. Oh, right, right. That's a movie we need to do one of these days. That is a movie we need to do. That was a great... I keep forgetting what a great movie that was. That was a great time for low-budget science fiction movies. I see that. It looks you know, that, that got to be made because of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And then and then had the Star Wars plus the Spielberg influence on them. There was a lot of fun stuff. Enemy Mine, Explorers. Mm-hmm. Punch him in the head. Punch him in the throat. You see, I think people don't like... I think maybe my initial problem was Shia LaBeouf. No, I mean the jock guy. He's such yeah, a yeah. douchebag. I know, but a lot of people see Shia LaBeouf and they go punch him in the mouth, too. Is he looks like Bud Bundy from Married with Children. Yes. He looks like a skin, you know, a skinnier-faced version of Bud Bundy from, from that, who is always somebody... Who is just the epitome of douchiness, so... Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, and I thought I was I was like, ah, I'm not too happy that he's in Crystal Skull, but I thought his character was fine in in that. It just occurred to me that I, he's probably too old for it now, but right about like the age he is in this movie, he might actually probably could have been a decent Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I can totally see that. Like, dye his hair a little darker. You'll call me. This guy, the the jock guy, is born to play a jock douche. He's got those yep. like. He's got those asshole eyes, you know, that are just sort of bugged out, you know. I think that. It's just like the guy who played the the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you know. He's just he's never gonna play a sympathetic character because he just looks like a. Uh, not now. He's not. He's dead now. No, he got uh, busted for what was it? Child jailers. Yeah, well, I think he's out now, but yeah, something happened to him. Jeffrey Jones. Yeah. Somebody told me that a while back, and I didn't believe it. And I looked it up, and sure enough, it's actually true. It was that's why after uh, what was it, Mom and Dad Save the World? I think he kind of just disappeared off the radar. Because he had a whole string of movies there. He was, you know, he was the principal in Ferris Bueller. He was in Beetlejuice and Mom and Dad Save the World, and one or two other movies like that. And he was, I wouldn't say he was a rising star, but you know, he was he was, he was one a rising of those, star in character. He was a he was a steady yeah. character actor. And uh, oh, he was in uh, Hunt for Red October too. I can't believe it. And then all of a sudden, he just kind of disappeared. And I, I think it was Michael Bailey. Somebody I was talking to about him was like, uh, yeah, no, I wonder what ever I, happened to that guy. And he was like, Oh yeah, he got busted for. Like, in this situation. I'm pretty sure it was something to do with underage. It was touching or, or downloading or, or like that. soliciting. Yeah, he 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 got sent away for a while. Yeah, I, if I were him, Shia LaBeouf right now, I'd be taking her well, to the uh, nearest like Kentucky Fried Chicken and being like, like "You're I'm eating a bucket of chicken that right that now." That scene is oh my god, that's bad. That's <laughs> she should be like, "All right, pull over. You're an asshole. Let me out." Are you are you new to school? But year? see, they kind of already set up the whole oh, no, thing where she. No. Was uh, watching him in in class and thinking yeah. he was kind of yeah. whatever. This is some. This is a little bit of a lazy scene. You notice how they've just washed out language arts, math, either side of the. Oh yeah. So they all they have to do is all they're doing is bouncing. They're they're. I I don't even know if they're bouncing the car. They're just bouncing the camera right now to simulate driving. No, 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 no. I didn't even catch that. You're right. Yeah. There's there's no there's it's just washed out. For heaven. It's heaven for him. He's finally got his anorexic love in the car of his dreams. <laughs> he, him I can buy as being like a senior in high school. Her, not so much. No. No. There's nothing about her that says senior in high school. Not the way she wa her mannerisms, anything. That's always... That's why it's always shocking, though, when you do see a movie like this and they, they cast the people at their real age that they're supposed to be. And they always look shockingly young because you're always because he's probably he's got to be like 25 years old here. Right. I don't know. I hope he's thinking I got to feed her. Oh, my God. We got to get an IV in her. He's a real grease monkey. Me all Get her to Guantanamo and have Take her force-fed. 
it's not like she's hideous or anything, but I no, I but don't just, think she's all that. And I mean, like there, no, I don't. Like, that's that's oh, my good. And I'm like, eh, you know, she's all right. Not that, not you yeah, know. I mean, yeah, but I, I like. I prefer it actually. Did you see Jonah Hex? Yes, she was horrible. Oh, so you saw Jonah Hex? Yes, I saw it. Okay, yeah. I wanted yes. to carve that section of my brain out after I saw it, but yeah, I, I, I saw it. Yeah, I mean, the problem with that movie is like so many of the pieces were there, and somebody just put the puzzle together wrong. Yeah, it was. It had. It had a bad case of Hollywooditis. Yeah, Hollywooditis, where there might have been a good movie in there. But it went through too many. People were trying to changing this. I know they changed the whole soundtrack at one point. Um, they scrapped a whole like you know orchestral soundtrack and put in a rock band. You know, doing guitar-y stu- You know, Western. Oh really? Oh, I have to search yeah. for that. Sometimes that stuff uh, shows up on the internet. I have to search for that and see. So they kept some of that score, I believe, but for the most part it was, I can't remember which band it was, but, you know, it was some famous rock band, and it's not like the band playing, but there's a lot of, like, guitar type stuff. And, you know, and they probably test-audienced it and re-edited it and said, yeah, you know, some uh, at some point you could tell somebody was like, we need to add a supernatural element to this, you know, yeah. and, and it was just a mess. It was something that maybe if it would have been edited right, it could have been a good movie. But once again, Grant's in it, though. Mm-hmm. So there's one point for that. It's so funny, all these... It, 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 any sequence in the Pentagon command centers are, is just always, you know, there's some guys <laughs> moving there. They look like they're putting a podcast together, <laughs> doesn't it? With the little, the little line graphs and all that, it does. It yeah, yeah. Like they're editing a podcast. It's awesome. Yeah, I got that. When it said Air Force One on the plane and on the caption, I got that this was Air Force One. Thank you very yeah. much. I appreciate that. It's like, for those of you who can't read will print it again. <laughs> what the... I don't know. This guy it. is both deaf and blind, by the way. Yeah. Excuse me, sir. Do you know there's a robot over your shoulder? Apparently, there are very few yes, Mr. President. Yeah, can you wrangle me up some ding-dongs, darling? This scene irritates me only now having seen the later two movies, because the later two movies, of course, the president was Obama, and they make sure to mention him and show him in both of those, yet in Why this one, why do people one, do that with movies? Because it just dates it forever. Yeah, you know, you know, it's better to have like the feet or the hands or the voice. You know what I mean? Right. I always like that better because it's just the president. Nobody puts any baggage on it. Nobody can put it in a date. You know, you just make him a generic politician. Right. I like it better when they do that. It's like, what is that dude from Superman to E.G. Marshall or whatever the hell his name was? <laughs> yeah. Somebody like that. Superman, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> now, that looked practical right there. 
It's hard okay. to tell these days, isn't it? Yeah, it is really hard. I wonder how much practical stuff, if any, they did build for these movies, though. I'm sure they did. I'm sure, like, actually, well, I don't know, for the actual movie, it's hard to say. It's like, there would be no need for a practical thing in here. They probably built close approximations, maybe, for the actors to, you know, have something in front of them at some point, but... Yeah, they, they had somebody with the with the Jar Jar head on a stick to, to act to type of thing. <laughs> Are you getting this? Uh, Foreign signal detected. That's what my bowels say when the wasabi hits. <laughs> Project Iceman initiated. <laughs> that would be awesome if they brought in Charlie from the Iceman movie. Pizza! This is a Razor. Razor. I used to work at a place, and if anybody came in and hadn't shaved, that's what the cook would go. What you need is a razor. There's half our audience. I think and then there's half our audience going, I have no idea what the hell they're talking about. Well, it was even funnier because as soon as he was going, Pita, we were thinking, Pita, Hesh, right? In the movie theater. God, I haven't seen that movie in probably 20 years or better. I wonder if it's aged well, because it was one of those, it was like a serious movie. You it was know? a good movie. That, it was that a good movie. movie. It was solid. Up, yeah, it used to choke me up at the end. That was a good yep. flick. <laughs> now, this particular one here, I have no idea what his name is. I wonder if he's from the, um, you know, from the actual, like, cartoons or whatever or if they made him for this or whatever but i don't like this particular one yet i think he's really too cartoony and the jar jar of the yeah yeah he is the trilogy elements for the kids yeah he's hardly the last one though because they they have some other ones in some of the later movies that are kind of like that little little jar jar element to him too Ow. You'd think uh, shooting bullets like that with their friends, like unconscious on the ground, would be a bad idea, especially since they're ricocheting off the robot and stuff. You know, put five bullets in their knocked out friends. Whoops. Uh, mm hmm. And on Air Force One. <laughs> Just firing freely. Everybody here is blind. Yeah. Not that Air Force One isn't completely, completely surrounded at most times. See, I think by a highly scene, trained professionals. Right. See, I think a scene like that calls more attention to the CGI than anything else. The fact that okay, they don't see him because he wasn't really there because he's a CGI'd in element. Right. They added later. It, it just. It just doesn't work. Right. It doesn't it doesn't have the plausibility because you're thinking about that. Why did he have uh, his picture up on eBay? It's fake eBay. Movie eBay. <laughs> No, 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 no! 
So, uh, almost everything visual about this movie, it's so funny how much of it has been is because of Spielberg. Mm-hmm. I keep seeing little, like, that, that, with him laying in bed and the camera spiraling down on him, that's Spielberg 100%. <laughs> and a bike. What time of year is this supposed to be? They look like Christmas lights on the outside of their house. I just realized that. Where is this set? In California? Um, I don't know. It looks... Western. I don't know. California is always a See, good I, guess since it's, you know, Hollywood. <laughs> right. See, I always thought it was cool, that scene where he where he gets in the car for the first time and he, he rubs his finger across the, the center of the steering wheel there and he sees the little logo for the Autobots. I just realized that cop car had a logo on the side for the Decepticons. I never caught that before. That's actually pretty neat. See, this was a part of the movie... And we're, what, like a half hour in? Mm hmm Now that we got our first giant robot standing there that I was like, I was like, this is a cool, I like this scene. That's a good visual, yeah. 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 I I just like the atmosphere to it. I like it, you know, it it really puts me in the, just the, you know, I can see the, like, down by the docks and seeing a giant robot and being like, holy shit, you know? That's what these movies are about, you know? In a lot of ways, the reveal. (laughs) Cute little pooch, maybe got a milk bone! (laughs) Chopper, sick balls. (laughs) I was, I was thinking that too. Hey, I have an idea. Let's chain the dogs up to the chains that just pop out. <laughs> like we do every night. <laughs> Welcome to the Thunder Dog. I was just thinking, what, what, what? And then know. Mad Max pulls in to save him. Where'd the dogs go? Under my wheels. Listen, good. You're here. Let me see your hands. <laughs> no, 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 it's hands. not me. The guy's inside. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> that's like Put that's like from Idiocracy. <laughs> what? Shut up. <laughs> I'm supposed to be in that line. <laughs> that needs a rewatch pretty soon. For that me. needs a commentary. A two true what freaks commentary. Family? That's it's just going to be us laughing our asses. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not, any excuse to watch it again? I love that movie. Yes. It's a spider butt virus. We're not sure what it's going to do. Yes. Let's watch it before we have to live it completely. Oh, we're getting there. We're three quarters there, but. Obviously, the first base. She's really cute. I like this guy. Yeah, yeah, she does. Excuse me, young lady. I didn't see you. I never can remember that actor's name, but he's in so many of my favorite movies. Oh no, he's meant to play Dwight Eisenhower, though. I think. They hacked your firewall in ten seconds. Even a supercomputer with a, a we switched our cable recently, and when we switched back to, I can never remember what the hell the name of the one is we're using now, but we uh, they had a little package on there to add some of the movie channels on there, 
for I think it was like five, ten bucks a month or whatever. I was like, yeah, what the hell? Throw them on there, you know. If we don't like it, we'll get rid of it. We were flipping channels the other day, and uh, October Sky was on. Damn, I love that movie. He's in that. He plays the the principal in that. There's a great scene in that movie where uh, where uh, the hero of the movie, the the Rocket Boy kid, just makes a total ass of the principal in a great scene. Have you, have you seen that one? Have you seen October Sky? No, it sounds familiar. I'm trying oh, to... It's great. Great, great movie. I can't be any clear. When you said Rocket Kid, that triggered something. It's uh, it's a story of um, Homer Hickam and the Rocket Boys. Wow. That, uh... Okay, They were building their own rockets. Yeah, they were building their own right? rockets, yeah, and eventually they... Well, I don't want to spoil. If I tell you where, what happened to him, it kind of spoils the whole point of the movie. But it's all about you know him. They they saw Sputnik go over, and it inspires them to get into to amateur rocketry and everything. And it's basically their their story of what happens to him because of that. It's a great movie. It's all a true story, which is really awesome. Directed by uh, Joe Johnston. Oh, really? Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, definitely, I want to see it. Yeah, you need to see it. It's a great movie. This scene, this is another. See, there's a number of these little scenes that they do, and like, this scene just doesn't work. Are you on drugs? It's nicely lit. <laughs> yeah, some of the character. I, I don't know no the characters in the Middle East. You keep telling us. <laughs> I hope this telephone line works. <laughs> this is the area code, too. See, I think he's really good at the explodey parts. I don't think he's so much so good with the uh, with the talky parts, you know. This guy reminds me of me at work. English, English, dude. English. I say that all the time. I don't know if it's the exact one from this movie or not. Probably not. But that tail thing. Uh-huh. It's on display in the queue of the ride at uh, you know, oh. Lando. Because you know, there's a part where the tail breaks off when they kill it later on. Ow! Oh, I hate when that happens. Good. Now we're, I was wondering when we are going to start to get to some killing. <laughs> Run! Run away from the sand! I will still, to this day, hold out the Dufo de Manzo's Giant Fighting Robots 4 is a superior movie to all the Transformers <laughs> movies. Well, see, that's the funny thing is that... Because it's got nudity in it, that's all. I remember going to the theater, I can't remember what the movie was. What would what would have been the big summer movie in 2007? Oh, Jesus. Whatever it was. I can remember going to the lobby of the movie theater, and they had, like, the world biggest freaking standee mm-hmm. for Transformers coming out. Because I can remember it had Optimus on one side and one of the evil ones on the other side. It was just this massive standee. And I remember looking at it going, eh, alright, you know. But I didn't go see it. I haven't seen any of these in the theater. And as a matter of fact, I now kick myself severely that as part of our admission to, um... I'm going to ask Kennedy Space Center there a couple years ago when Logan and I went, we could have gotten a free admission into Transformers 3 Dark of the Moon, IMAX 3D, and we didn't go because we were both like, eh, you know. 
Oh now, my god! Honest, I haven't seen any of them on the big screen, but I tell you what, my ass will be in the theater for uh, for the fourth one. I saw Pacific Rim the other day on, and it was the first IMAX I've seen. I can't remember which came out first, the um, I Am Legend or Episode Two. But those were the last two movies I saw on the IMAX, so it was a while ago. And I saw and I saw IMAX 3D and wow, and it was post 3D and man, it's an immersive experience. Hmm. It was expensive. It was 15, 14 bucks on a matinee. But uh, yeah, IMAX 3D is pretty nice. It's it's more like the you know the Disney experience of 3D, you know. Right. Predator, ETA, See that whole scene there a minute ago with the whole I need a I need a credit card and the guy on the phone. It was, yeah. was so cheesy. See, I I'll give them points that he's trying. You know, he's trying to put in little comedic bits. He's trying to do some character building and all that. But at the end of the day, this is what I want to see. Just show me right. some shit blowing up. Right, well, Spielberg can do that. Spielberg can make real characters that you care about, so the character moments mean something, you know? Uh, I would say that Spielberg used to be able to do that. I I still maintain that somewhere in the interim, I, you know, I hate to be harsh with the guy, but I think Spielberg's kind of lost a lot in that respect. Well, you know, I mean, because you're, because, and I mean, you can't be blamed for it. Every, uh, I'm, I do it too. You grade him on a curve. Yeah. And he's not, you know, he's doing stuff that's different now. But I mean, I look and, at Jurassic Park as a prime example of what should have been a great Spielberg movie, where he was trying to bring that element of the nice mixture of character a la like Jaws and the horror element and it just I, I don't think either side really got serviced well in that but I don't know that's me I everybody else seems to really love that movie so maybe it's just my own hang up with it I like that's it. another one of those movies though where I, I, I'll sit through Jurassic Park and every time I watch that movie I have the same thing it's like Less talky talk, more dinosaurs eating people. You know, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't no, care. You have to wait till three. <laughs> yes, I see. I think three is a great one. I enjoyed three a lot. Yep, three was a lot like Transformers. It was like, mm-hmm. I'll download it and check it out, and I was like, damn, this is good. This is it is good. This is this is dinosaurs attack. You know, yep. yeah, it's exactly what I wanted. You know, give me a cast full of people that I cannot stand and let me see him get eaten by dinosaurs. That's pretty much what I wanted. And I didn't feel like Jurassic Park did that. It was great with populating it with a bunch of really obnoxious assholes that I wanted to see every one of them die horribly, but then most of them didn't. The lawyer guy got eaten and that's pretty much it, you know? Jeff Goldblum, I would have liked to have seen, seen him getting eaten. Dr. Well, Grant, I like that. He gets to be in horrible pain through a good chunk of the yeah, movie anyway. Both those and, uh, kids could have could have been eaten. What's his name? Newman gets Newman gets acid spit in his eye and then eaten. Yeah, but you don't get to see it though. It's just a no. man shaking back and forth. Yeah, I know they might as well. They might be having sex for all we know. <laughs> and the Jurassic Park fans shaking. 
Now I'm going to be completely obvious that I'm stealing this. Stealing what? Just oh, yeah, it's that <laughs> data chip thing. Get out the road, you crazy bitch. Oh, I hate this part. See, I'm, now I'm sounding too critical, because I really do dig this movie, but there's a lot of moments in this. I thought I was going to be picking on it because, like, Pacific Rim was... Well, this is one of those... This is a different thing altogether. Yeah. Ha has this become a complete cliche yet? Because I know I've seen it in several movies. You know, uh, what you call it? Die Hard 4 being the one that comes immediately to mind where, you know, I need to take this to the smartest computer hacker genius guy in all the world. Yeah. Of course, he doesn't work for the government. He's just some kid in his mom's basement. Mm -hmm. It's like, really? Really? Mm -hmm. And that's the exact situation here. She says, well, we're all too stupid to figure this out, but... I know this kid that lives down the street that could hack this one. I'm like, come on, really? She's got this giant computer facility and the smartest people in the world working on this problem, but it's this stupid kid playing Dance Dance Revolution that's going to crack the case. Really? It'd be more like going to prison and getting the hacker that stole $10 million you know, that's in prison and, and saying, all right, you want to get a few years to cut off your sentence? The national military air guard but, frequency in less than a minute. Yeah, it's a cliche. Ring? Huh? I just realized that she has a nose ring, does, or not a nose ring, but one of those. What do you call it? A pierce, a piercing in her nose. What do they call that? A nose piercing? Yeah. She does. Yeah, she does. That's bullshit. Not working for the government. She's not. She's so good that they let her have a. <laughs> nose ring. <laughs> She's a Russian spy and that's her listening device. Alright. Alright, well, what's wrong with this picture? Big black guy running away from the FBI and still running. I'm not saying nothing. I just enjoy that I'm just saying, if I were that, that guy would not have run. He would have been just like, I give up. Anybody would. When the FBI comes through your door, you don't run away from them, no matter who you are. You don't fight back and you don't run away because they're up the FBI and they're 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 better armed and <laughs> they're all around you. <laughs> That's how I drive. Right down the middle of the sidewalk. I was gonna say, is this? I think this is some kind of tribute to uh, Back to the Future. <laughs> I meant to do that. Oh, uh, I feel for him because I've been there. That was that was really. Hi, ladies. Awesome. Although I gotta say, she's eating a cheeseburger because it's Burger King. Get chased by my car right now. I gotta go. Oh, there's wicked. There's 10% you know, of the budget right there. Yep. <laughs> there's product placement everywhere in this. Oh, movie. I'm sure. You got you got later on the uh, the Xbox and the Mountain Dew machine that turn into Transformers. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's everywhere. 
It can. I, I didn't realize that it's gotten to the point where it can take care of a major part of a major summer movie's budget. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, The Man of Steel, I guess, product placement paid for three quarters of that movie before it even opened. <laughs> to punish him insane. <laughs> See, I, that used to bug me a lot, but maybe it's just a matter of it's everywhere and I've gotten used to it, but I've gotten Product placement? Yeah. It doesn't really bother me it doesn't because anymore. I almost get taken out more by having Popsy Cola. You know, yeah, it's funny. I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, for me. I think it comes down to the comic book fan in me has gotten so tired over the years of every time you read some story in the you know the Marvel universe or whatever. It is that you know it's well, like in right. DC they had what was it, Big Belly Burger and stuff like that and. Eh, you know, I get tired of that cutesy shit after a while. It's like, if you're at a McDonald's, call it a friggin' McDonald's. You know, what's the big deal? But Well, that's cool as hell. Sometimes the, the, the product placement I don't mind, but sometimes it gets too obnoxious. Now, which is one is cool. he? Um, See, I have trouble keeping up with the names of these guys. Grumpimus Prime? <laughs> I think they could have done a little bit better I'd be pissing my pants dude this is gonna be you one day man <laughs> who says it hasn't <laughs> I'm not saying it was really happening around me but I mean, if that was really happening to you, would you really even understand his words? Wouldn't it be yeah, just like exactly. big healthy going, rubber, 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 Alright, finally, 51 minutes and 29 seconds into it, are we going to see some giant robots fight? I wonder what year that uh, that Camaro is, because it looks a lot like my Camaro. I remember that car. I think that's an earlier model, though. See, that's... It has a super God damn, that's cool. See, I wonder if my dad has seen these movies. I think he would love this shit. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Lots of car, fast car chases and shit, and then they chuck the robots, too. I think he would love this. This reminds... This is this has got a little um, Mad Max Road Warrior. All of a sudden, like, look, everything's sort of a little soft-focused. Yep. Yep. In the old days, this car chase would have been, like... A what big is that? budget is that a... scene in the movie, and this is where they're saving money here <laughs> on effects. Right. You just have a good old-fashioned car chase. What is? Is that a Mustang? You're asking the wrong guy. Yeah, in. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. That's a damn nice car, though. The the, the cop car, I mean. His car is a, is a um, Camaro. Cop cars usually are. Yeah, I think that's Mustang. They're usually some kind of muscle car. It's a nice car. That's why they're the car of choice for the Blues Brothers. I think somebody told me that Bumblebee in the—I I can't remember if it was the comics or the or the cartoon—but he was a Volkswagen, I think. Oh, that makes sense. We changed him up. Yeah, I could, I would go. For that. Yeah, that's cool. Run! I'd be running the opposite direction at this point. 
The uh, transformations in this are, are pretty spectacular, though. Most of them. Uh, not that guy again. See, I don't, I don't like him. See, I like. I always think of the Transformers as being these big, massive guys. I don't think of them being the, the little stupid Jar Jar ones. Right. You're here for the big, massive guys. I tell you what, man, CGI shit has come a long way. Now, see, I think this part with with the little one looks a little fake and a little right. cheesy, but the big giant ones really work. They work almost too much. And, and see, he's the, a little too point, clean. You know what yeah, I mean? Well, yeah, you're right. It, I mean. It would, I mean, that's the thing about CG is a lot of people, like, if I were doing a movie with a lot of CG in it, I would do the whole movie clean, and then I would put my effects crew into dirtying it up. Right. Get parts where they're totally out of focus, get parts where they, you know, take parts and grain it up or have it, and, and I think that would add to the realism of it, because when it's just straight up too clean, it's like... Because every filmmaker doesn't get a perfect shot every time. Right. But CG comes out like you got the per perfect shot every time because you can just keep crafting it into it. And they shouldn't do that. They should muck it up a little bit to, right. to make it more like everything else. One of my favorite things was when they first bootlegged episode one and it was a little fuzzy and yeah. it made all the CGI look more like an old movie, you know? And it made it feel more real to me in a lot of ways, and seeing it on the big screen. Yeah, th this looks to this looks like a guy in a transformer suit walking over to him. This is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I really like this part. Yeah. Well, the good thing with giant robots is I'm trying to think of what they call that element that like makes things look human. They don't need that, you know. Right. Because they just had like a giant joint death match. I think it wants something from me. What? Doesn't it? Doesn't it look like a guy wearing a suit, just like being forced oh, to. I'm, I'm you know, sure that there's some mocap going on in these. Yeah. Digital cable broadcasting system. So you you talk through the radio? Actually, you do. You're, you're wonderful. You're wonderful. <laughs> so, what was that last night? What was that? from What are you like, an alien or something? Did it? <laughs> that's my favorite transformation in the whole movie, right there. Boy, Damn, that's cool. That is so cool. And go where? That's my favorite one in the whole movie. I love that. Now, when Optimus transforms for the first time, is pretty cool too. But that one right there, where he goes back into the car and it has that little bounce in it. That I just come on, girly, get inside me. <laughs> You're sitting on my spleen right now. Now there is that element with these of. The things that they transform from seem like they have a lot more mass and a lot more just stuff to them to the things that they oh, transform well, yeah. into. But the, the mass of this that. car into that transformer yeah. is pretty physically impossible, no matter how you fold it up. Mm -hmm. 
you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, not to mention the cube. That cube shrinks that. down to something he can hold in his hand later on, and then he's running around with it, like, tossing it in his hand like it's made of styrofoam, which it probably is. Right. You know, and I'm like, wait a minute, wasn't this thing the size of a Borg cube earlier? Well, I was thinking to myself, maybe the Transformers have some sort of blah, blah, blah. But the actual toys, they didn't have to transform their mass. You know what I don't understand? But then again, I don't think, like, in the scale to the... Like, basically, a Transformer toy was, like, basically the same size. Like, when you folded him out from a car, he'd be a Transformer. But if he was... You put him in the same scale as a car, he'd be about as tall as a car, you know. Maybe a little taller because his legs would fold out, but, you know, he'd only be, like, 10, 15 feet tall, you know. Whereas these guys are, like, 50 feet tall. <laughs> See, I found this stuff more engaging than the robot fights, the, intera- the interactions with him and a boy in his car, you know? Right. I liked... I like that that was just the simple theme of the movie, a boy in his car. It's good for a summer movie, you know what I mean? Good for, like, a drive-in movie. That looks like it should be the beginning of, like, they should fly up to the screen and be the beginning of a movie. Is that the Griffith Observatory? Yeah, the Griffith Observatory? Yeah, that would make sense. So this is definitely, like, San Francisco area. Yeah. That's cool. I love the music in this part. Steve Jablonski, not really one of my favorite composers, but I like some of the work he did in this one. Yeah, that is Griffith. Is it Griffith or Griffiths? I'm not, I can't ever remember. I think it's Griffith. I think it is Griffith. See, this kid here makes a comment later, something about how this is so much more awesome than Armageddon. And one of the later Transformers movies, uh, Sam's dad makes a comment about how this is a a cheesy sci-fi movie or something like that. Which Mm -hmm. makes me think, Bay doesn't take himself too seriously, I think. Uh, Obviously. Because, I mean, this isn't... I mean, honestly, this isn't a movie made to become iconic you know like E.T. or Indiana Jones you know like like some of the major Spielberg they have despite itself though well it's something it's something that you would but it just doesn't have the the, you know it's it's, the depth to to become a true classic it'll become like Something you'd you'd want to watch, but it's not something I don't I don't think it's gonna span generations and people are like oh I love these characters you know, but it works for what it is and the 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 same with the um you know the same with the cartoons I think they sold the cartoons on kids these days by there was like a CGI Transformers TV show you know they just keep reinventing it for TV and they can get a new generation. And See, I like this idea that they are robots and everything, and you get some of them. You get a look at what they look like before they, uh, whatever this process is, before they scan. You know, the thing that they imitate. I think that's neat. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really cool 
with Optimus that you don't really get a solid look at him. You you know, you see him kind of in, in silhouette here in a minute, and then they pan away, and then when they pan back, he's the truck. I think that's pretty neat. Where he's right there. So you get just a glimpse of him, and now he's the truck. That's cool. So you never really see what he looked like before the truck elements were added to him. I think that's pretty neat. So I, somebody was thinking, you know, somebody was trying to... Oh, no, they were teasing it. They knew there were people waiting, so they're just like, you could give a little at a time, you know, and get the reveal up, you know. That's what you got to do with these. No, but I mean, I, I think there was an effort to, to kind of deal with the cheese element a little bit without taking the cheese entirely out of it, you know what right. I mean? And I like that. I, I think it's if a nice... If you tried to take the cheese right out of this, you'd be taking some of the life out of it. You exactly. Know I mean? See, this is fantastic. This is one of the best transforms of the movie right here. God damn, that's cool. They made I... Huh? Actually, you had to do all this too as a toy, though. <laughs> oh yeah, take me three weeks to get that thing. <laughs> They're like Rubik's cubes, yeah. That's cool. You see all the and and you know what? All this is probably just so much cooler to the people who love know and love these characters intimately. You, you know, they're just like there's so and so and there's so and so. Now on the ride, that thing where he just came down to like uh -huh. Sam's level, My right there, that shot is at the we end of the ride and it's in 3D and Optimus and comes down Autobots to speak to you Autobots. as the rider Spider in the ride My first and it's pretty awesome dude the sense of scale like cool in that when he's like right in your face talking to you is, is We've it's pretty awesome. Languages see that the shot there of him behind the them was looking see that looks fairly CGI time. to me right you feeling Lucky, and when and, and the, when you see that when they start looking, it takes you out of it because you're like, oh, they're looking up at the green screen Our now. Medical officer, Ratchet. Mm, the boy's pheromone level suggests he wants to mate with the female. <laughs> you already know your guardian, Bumblebee. See, I really like the look of these guys. That they look a little more mechanical, a little more robotic. But you can definitely see pieces and elements of the vehicles that they transform from yes. left over. I think that's really cool. That's the nature of Transformers. You right. Know, that's, that, that's what makes them so cool to kids. We must find you know. before Megatron. Mega what? And we're just, we're just, you know, I mean, Japan was on to that aspect long before us. <laughs> At this point, I think I'd be more terrified than them. Yeah, the, the, the ground just dropped out from under me. I think I wouldn't be just like, hmm, I'd be like running. Or if I were the robots, I'd say, be prepared for a intense simulation now. Don't... <laughs> Check out this holodeck. Lost to the stars. Pretty nice holodeck. Ow! Ow! Followed it to Earth. <laughs> where Captain Whitwicky found him. My grandfather. It was an accident that intertwined our fates. He looks like Robin or Williams. It's <laughs> Robin Williams is the Gorton's sailor. <laughs> dig Kong, dig. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it's watch out where the huskies go and look through that yellow snow. Goonies! It's gonna find Captain America down there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like a combination of Robin Williams and Smee. And Smee, yeah. What about Smee? Megatron crash landed. <laughs> Before he could retrieve the cube. There's what, so many what, people he could find. He could find Captain America. He could find Frankenstein's monster. He could find Godzilla. The beast from 20,000 Fathoms. It could be all kinds of stuff he finds down there. System. When they melted him, did he grab somebody and go, Why for you bury me in the cold, <laughs> cold, cold, cold ground? ground. <laughs> <laughs> finds giant robot, immediately has to mess with it. <laughs> the coordinates to the cube's location on Earth were imprinted on his glasses. Whoa. How'd you know about his glasses? And they survived a hundred years. Imagine that. If the Decepticons find the Allspark, they will use its guy's power voice to sounds transform really familiar to machines me. and build a new army. And the human race will be yeah, extinguished. Sure Sam Whitwicky. You hold the key to Earth's... The only problem with these movies I've had is... I could be wrong, but I think they've been a little inconsistent on which ones are around from movie to movie, and they don't really explain sometimes what... This is the thing I was talking about, this tail thing right here. They have this in the queue, like on display. It's like in a display case where you can see it for the ride, but I, I can't tell if it's like the actual... real thing right here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the real one. But there are two other versions of that ride. There's um, one in California and one somewhere overseas. I forget where the foreign uh, Universal Park is. I don't remember. Shanghai or somewhere. I forget. You want that piece? Okay, Maggie, look. This scene's like super, super cheesy and kind of amusing at the same time. I can't tell whether I really like it or not. If you don't touch it, you're guilty. Because I hate the plate. I hate the whole plate. The whole plate. The whole plate. Okay? <laughs> the whole plate. <laughs> they walk through that door and you don't say nothing. See, I don't think they really have rooms like this. <laughs> the... Doesn't he look like one of the guys that gets killed in uh, in Iron Man 2 that's guarding uh, Ivan Drago or whatever the hell that guy's name is? He looks like that goofy mutant that? freak from The Hills see Have that? Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the one from Star Trek V. Yeah, and, and he was in all those Twisted Sister videos, too. <laughs> Trying to remember that guy. I know that guy's name. It's just not coming to my head right now. <laughs> oh, I have. <laughs> from Star Trek V. Oh, God. I have to see. I, I have to. I have to watch Listen Star Trek me. 6 again soon. I haven't watched that in a long, long, long time. That's the only one I'm not up on now. Oh, have you been watching the other ones? Well, we have been for the show pretty much. Oh, I got you, yeah. We've done four, five. Have we done five? Yeah, we did five early five. I think that was the first one we ever did, actually. Or one of, anyway. Was that Matt Lauer or whatever from the Today Show? Or Oh, I hope he gets stepped on by a Transformer. <laughs> It looked like the same, like, bad hairline. Still no official word as to what happened. 
he's got to be really, really high up on my personal list of people I would love to see fall into some piece of industrial machinery. I can't, he's such a just condescending prick. I can't stand him. Yeah, I, you see, I don't watch morning TV, so he's like barely on my radar. I just know what he looks like sort of thing, so I'm sure he is, but almost everybody on morning TV is obnoxious to me. Whether, you know, whether it's because they're condescending or because they're like, it's seven in the morning and they're chirpy and happy. And I here we go. Here, this right here. I think there could be some serious shaving because this movie runs what, like two and a half hours? Yeah. It could definitely get shaved down a bit. I think this is a scene right here that could pretty much go away. You know, mom wanted me to ground you. I, I think there was a serious attempt to inject a little a little humor, a little moment for the kitties. Let's let's show the big robots a little bit more. And it runs just too long and it's really cheesy. I always wonder why they feel the need to make movies like this two and a half hours long. Because you'd think you know, you could condense this down to an hour and a half and have it be just wall-to-wall action. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you could show it more in the theater. You know, you could get more showings in. <laughs> just squish him. Shoot him! 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 You have a rodent infestation. You have Shia LaBeouf no, 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 no. holding a chihuahua. What reason? Chihuahua. What more reason do you chihuahua. need to shoot? He's <laughs> lubricants all over my foot. Mm. Yeah, and and you could save a lot of money on production costs and hiring an editor and making the prints and everything, you know. And I don't think anybody would complain that like. I don't know. It, it, it's only an hour and a half long. As a matter of fact, I've heard a lot of critics go in this movie, and the movie comes in at a merciful hour and a half. You know, at a perfect right. yeah. time to to keep you interested. Although I'll I'll say like it, it it all depends if you're if you're liking the movie. Sometimes the two and a half hour running time doesn't. You don't notice it. You know. No, I mean I'm I'm not really. It's not a harsh criticism. It's just. Yeah, I just like wonder I said, I think why. The scene runs a little long, and the whole thing with, I mean, come on. It, it's bad enough that the parents are completely oblivious with all these big robots stomping around. What about the neighbors? You know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little too cheesy for me. It's a little silly. Well, that's 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 the thing, is, is it's almost like you'd want to make the robots actually a little less stealthy. To make up for the CG, you know, because it's very easy to make it so uh, nobody sees them in the CG, but it doesn't feel realistic. And if maybe they'd exaggerated and made it harder for them to to stay concealed, it would have been viewed as more realistic. Because something that big, you know, it would be shaking house foundations by walking around, you know, it wouldn't be just sort of like stealthy creeping around it would be a shake it would be stealthy on the scale of a transformer but on the trail on the 
I don't know if we're like ants compared to them. We're more like mice or something, you know. We must have the glasses. I know you need I've been looking everywhere. They're not here. They're definitely not here. I would just imagine there would be a a lot more sound of pistons and clinking, clanking right. oh, as as they move because as you see, they have quite a few moving parts. Yeah. They're like a Swiss watch top to bottom. There you go. There you go. The lights. They took the light the power thing right out, but the lights are just flickering. Interesting. Wow, that was tingly. Yeah, that looks fun. Sam? Sammy? Here we go again with another another scene that can get seriously trimmed right out of it the movie. Nothing to do with anything really. Just so that they can make a dick joke. It's it's a long way to go for it too. It's a long way to the dick joke. <laughs> that should be a song. <laughs> it's a long way to the dick joke. That's almost a dick joke in itself. That's gonna be the name of my biography, I think. Dick joke? <laughs> no, it's a long way to the dick joke. <laughs> What's with the bath? I have one at the very end. Talking to you. Why are you so sweaty? <laughs> I'm a child. You know, I'm a teenager. We heard voices and noises and that hit her with a bat. Great. Hit her with a bat. Take the bat and hit her in the forehead with it. There's no light. There's no light. You got two lights in your hand. That's what the light is. No, maybe the door. Look, you can't. I wonder if anybody's made a fan out of it. You got to knock. You got to communicate. Any of these movies? Hmm, that's an interesting thought. I haven't done. I haven't done any looking on any of the torrent sites to see if there's a, what what new fan edits people have been putting out. But there's got to be some. I just figure there's got to be more and more as like technology gets better and better and more people are like savvy and and that sort of thing. See, the scene's not working. I think the old guy can even tell that the scene's not working, but he's got to go along with it. Hey, he's getting paid, yeah. Where it was, but we saw it. Well, we're sort of at that spinning wheels part of the movie. We're in the we're at the dead center, you know. Mm-hmm. Isn't that generally the time to start speeding it up a little bit, though? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it does pretty soon. I think it does start uh, start moving pretty soon. But yeah, I blowing some shit up. I think a lot of times they spend a lot of money on stuff too, and they're just like, I can't toss this out, you know. Right. I spent the equivalent of a third world country's economy on this stupid <laughs> Yes, please. People starved to death somewhere in the world because I took money that could have gone to food for them. God damn it, this scene's going to be on the screen. For all those star- starving children. Hi, I'm Michaela. I'm a... I'm a friend of Sam's. I'd just I've like to point out for the audience oh, gosh, that uh, this gorgeous. never, ever happens in real life. Like, ever. And I'm not talking about the robots. Oh, I'm talking about the smoking hot girl just pops out of nowhere in your bedroom and your parents are like, oh, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Oh, our little Jimmy's going to get wet. <laughs> <laughs> you will get wet on this ride. 
<laughs> we'll just go downstairs and watch our TV real loud. You kids have fun. Now, the first time I saw this movie, okay. I couldn't stand this guy nice. that's coming up. But we now, <laughs> he's actually one of my favorite parts of all three of these movies. Is he something that, like, it looks like, it looks like... The guy, uh, that was like the, once again, the Twisted Sister video with the... <laughs> what are you gonna do with your life? Yeah, and his eyes looking back and forth. Ron! Wanna make out? Let the NBA team in, please, sir. Sir, we were at a expensive wedding party. <laughs> lost our power. We're, we're commandeering your house. Oh, he took the bat. Hit her in the head with it. Do you experience any flu-like symptoms, aching joints, fever? No! What is this? How you doing, son? Is your name Sam? <laughs> For a second, yeah. it looked like Why that actor Tony what? Tony oh, Shalhoub. Sir, I am asking politely. Back off. You're not taking my son. Really. You're going to try to get rough with us? No, but I'm going to call the cops because there's something fishy going on around there's here. There's always a dog. You notice that? It's got to be a dog because the family can't have a cat because cats are a pain in the ass to train compared to dogs. Oh, that guy's got a weird shaped head. <laughs> I know. They're looking for aliens. I think They really shouldn't one. shoot him in profile. <laughs> it's not flattering to him. This man has no brain. <laughs> Bingo! Tag him and bang him! You hurt my dog! I'll kick your ass! That's it. Take that dog and put it in the microwave. Do not say anything, Sam. Not a word until we get a lawyer. I like they have the wild animal stick with the... <laughs> for a chihuahua. For a chihuahua. It's like you can just duct tape him up into a hot dog and throw him in a backpack. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, it was a typo, <laughs> and I ran with it. What do you make That's what I always do. <laughs> is that you? Yeah, that, that sounds like ladies' man. Last night at the station, you told the officer your car transformed. Oh, he used the word. <gasps> used the word. Because this is a, a total misunderstanding <laughs> that my car had been stolen. I guess you, you could even you say the truck was some kind of transformer. Well, not by itself. <laughs> well, no. We believe they're robots, but they're disguised. <laughs> so what do you kids know about aliens, huh? Huh? More? A Martian? Uh-huh. What, E.T.? <laughs> No. Uh, it's an urban legend. Yeah. You see this? I always love that. Ha 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 Moments. Uh, I'm gonna lock <laughs> you up forever. Oh God, you know what? Don't listen to him. He's just pissy because he's got to get back to guarding the mall. Once again, you, in the training I don't see anything moving speak. outside of... There's <laughs> a lot of blinky lights and stuff, but that's Well, the lights are just staying in one place and blinking. And you know it's the same, like, they face. just well, they, they do the same bar of light school. going from top to bottom. It's basically, I'm picturing a bunch of fat stagehands that look like Pete Hesh holding <laughs> <laughs> lights up. <laughs> and there's one guy just, like, rocking the car, and the rest of the guys are just flashing the lights, chewing gum. <laughs> I see Pete as a transformer. <laughs> 
Heshatron. <laughs> this is pretty cool. <laughs> Drunk Retron. Random is prime. <laughs> Now this is cool. I was using the headlights of the of the big rig to shine in on them. Like that. that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. You a holes are in trouble now. <laughs> is Gentlemen, this the robot you were talking about? I want to introduce you to my friend, Optimus Prime. <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. Taking the children was a bad move. He's got a great voice. Relieve them of their weapons. I wonder if this movie would work as well if they hadn't gotten Peter Cullen for Optimus. I mean, they could have found somebody who did uh, an impression of him or something, I yeah. guess, if they yeah, wanted to, and probably could have done a pretty decent job. But I'm sure, I mean... I'm sure that was like a huge deal to the fans, you know. And his voice is just so he's just got a great voice, you know. Yeah, he does. There are that's seven protocols. Okay? I'm not authorized to communicate with you except Is that is that Tuturo? Get out. Uh yeah, I think that is his name. Like, what do you know him from? Oh, he's usually he's in almost every Coen Brothers movie. Oh, okay. He's usually he's an indie actor for the most part. He's like one of those guys who does a Transformers and then will be in like, you know, ten indie movies where he does where they don't have to pay him as much. He's a really good actor. Yeah, he is. He's he's actually in all three of these, and uh, I, he's he's become one of my favorite parts of them. Actually, he, he's a really good actor. Um, yeah, I recommend any of the. Co I'm trying to think of what the best Coen Brothers movie that he was in. I think he was also in that Spike Lee movie, Summer of Sam, about the. You touch me, that's a um, Do whatever you want, get away with it. Son of right? Sam killer in New York right City. And was really good. I don't think he... I, I'm trying to think. I think he was a cop. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I think that's really stupid. Yeah. Alright, tough guy, take it off. What are you talking about? And kind of... You know. For what? threatening my dad. I don't know. I think it would be... A, he's pretty dry right now, actually, to be covered in robot this piss. See, it's one of those things that's like... I, I, I'm sure that there were a number of things they do in this that were intended to get a chuckle for the kids, but I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but some of the stuff I think goes a little farther. There's some I things in here. I, I wouldn't be happy yeah, if my kids were smaller seeing some of that okay. stuff, you know? Well, I think they I think they give the kids short shrift when they do that. When they're like, oh, it's a... F when, whenever I see a fart joke for the kid, I'm not... Kids, I don't get like, ew, a fart joke, you know? That's too lowbrow. I just think they're... You know, kids get more advanced humor. There's a place right. for fart jokes. I've, I have no problem with fart jokes, but it just seems like it's like, okay, this is a movie with kids in it. We need to throw one in here somewhere. And that's right. all across the board. And it's just like, no, kids get normal character humor and stuff like that. They don't need burps or or farts, you know. I mean, where it's where it's appropriate or makes sense, okay, or right. really funny. 
but it just seems it seems cobbled in, right? In in this, and just like in episode one where Jar Jar steps in poop or or you know the that's cool the, the creature farts at him and stuff, you know. Piusa. It's a very simple thing of him running, uh, but no, there's no, something no, about no, that that's no, really no, cool. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> no, he has a there's a sense of weight to him. Yeah. And he's tearing up pavement too. That makes sense. Where'd you go, guys? I'm off. That's got no IR signature. Where'd you go? I lost him. The the giant robot. I lost <laughs> him. Except I would imagine, though, if he was running through a city down the road like that, realistically, he would just drop through the road and probably be in the, you know, in the sewers and stuff underneath, you know? I would think he would be heavy enough to just, like, Vroom. It's a, it's, it's nice. They notch up the chase. It's like, okay, now we got a chase scene. Now we're adding a helicopter. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we got car, helicopter. Whoops! What? See, unnecessary. That's another thing they do in this movie. It's what? It's fi- it's fine to have the scene where they're up up there and all this, but you know, this sort of stuff reminds me of in King Kong where they had the the vine swinging yeah. with the oh, Tyrannosaurus. It's uh, like it's everybody not, doesn't have to be or as grown worthy as that, but yeah. No, but everybody doesn't need to be in peril every second. They don't have to have somebody always, like, ready to fall and stuff. Just show the battle, you know, there's just... I want to see him just swing those two helicopters yeah, that's right into each other like the Hulk, you know, just like, kabam! But that's another this scene thing. scene is actually heartbreaking right here. This, this scene is, uh... This is one of those little E.T. moments that kind of gets me choked up. So, I mean, of, of all of the Autobots, for them to, to take down like this, it's him. You know, the the, the sweet, the kind-hearted, sweet one that doesn't... Oh, yeah, it's a Kong. Anymore. It's like a Kong moment. Yeah. I don't feel as bad for the, for the Autobot because... I always feel bad for the monkey, you know, the the animal that doesn't know any better. These guys at least know they're like involved in a war and right things can get harsh. And for Christ's sake, he's a transformer. He's pretty much gonna whoop his way out <laughs> at some point. They suck me in with this one. As much as, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of the whole, you know, robots are alive and, you know, androids and holograms and all that bullshit. With this one here, I turn all that off. They're they're alive, you know. They have feelings and... Oh, my God. I get sucked right in. Scott Gardner say that. I do. With, you know, with this one here in particular. It took the... It wasn't data. It's got a lot of art. It wasn't data, but it was a transformer that took Scott to check it out. I mean, realize. I never want to see anything happen to R2 either. And, and I think Bumblebee's got a lot of R2 going on, you know? Are we just going to stay yeah. here and do nothing? At least there's, there's no, no C3PO in Bumblebee this. Oh my god. Humans. But it's not right. Let me. them leave. 
Now, is the scale right right there? No, not even close. Those glasses, we shouldn't even be able to see those glasses. Those glasses almost could fit on his head. You could almost look through those. Yeah, I think about that every time I see that scene. I'm like, I don't think the scale's right right there. Yeah, no, there's, I mean, in movies like this, there's a lot of stuff that depends on you not thinking about it too much. Just every time I watch this, I forget that this guy is actually a real character because he looks a lot like the hologram that was sitting in the police car earlier, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because every time I see this, I forget that. And I'm like, ooh, that's the hologram guy come to, like, kill people or something. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, he's not. But he does. He, he almost looks like he could be the same actor. He looks like Rick Simon. From Simon and Simon. Remember that show? Yeah. He looks like the cool Simon. Yeah. The preppy Simon. Did you ever see uh, the second Hulk movie before it became a series? The one with the little crippled girl? I'm sure I did. He played a heavy in that episode and the Hulk throws his ass through a wall or something. Nice. That's pretty cool. You really need this to guy or the guy from uh, no, Simon, the, and Simon. Simon, the Simon and Simon guy oh, okay. he's talking about? You'll have to accept that there's certain things you won't understand right away. I, I, I used to watch that show because I liked that actor. I thought he was secret under President Hoover he was a fun ago. actor to watch and TV shows. Just like Tom Selleck. Like, I, I didn't go for shows like Magnum P.I., but Tom Selleck was a good actor, you know? Is that the same wall from the transporter room? That's the same. That's that's a sound. That's a wall in every recording studio. Oh, is that what it? Okay. Yeah. This basically, you know, I mean, like every movie. I'm sure on the movie set they've got like stuff like that, so it was an easy prop to use as a background. It makes a good background too. It makes a visually interesting background. But those are like sound deadening foam uh, okay. wall things. Here's the image your special ops team was able to... Which would make sense in one attack. of these rooms because they help... We believe um, they're of the same exoskeletal type. If, if you had a wire, you know, and a microphone somewhere else in the room, the sound doesn't... Are we talking about... Doesn't bounce around as much, so they might not hear it as well. Hmm. Maybe they're doing a lot of sound editing in that room or something. Maybe they... Hey, Apple. See that's good product pla- product placement. That's yeah, you would viably unobtrusive. See like yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you can tell that, like, say in Man of Steel, Sears said, "No, no, no. We gave you fifteen million dollars. Put that shit front and center, and it better be there. It better be well let in there for like fifteen seconds. You know? Right. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> these poor guys." Just walk off the plane. And somebody's like, all right, get your ass in the car, dummy. We got to go to the Pentagon or whatever. I feel sorry for him. He didn't even get to go see his little baby girl. I like her Wicked Witch of the West heels. (laughs) You're coming with me. Pepto-Bismol. That's a nice little nice little prop gag, you know, right. after all those donuts. Now he needed a little Pepto-Bismol and a glass of water to wash it down. I'm wondering what that is crumpled up on the... That was that was a nice little gag. That's something that, like, you're... So, Megan Fox 
like her microphone thing looks like it's like a neck choker and she looks like a American Indian girl in this yeah yeah you're right flying over the mesa I'll take you to my grandfather he will tell you about the ancient transformers (laughs) grandfather I brought some people to see you bring them to me (laughs) run Mr. President Stop gassing him already, Jesus! See, that's, that's a nice that that look. That's a neat CG. But when they were taking him away on the gurney there with the Please, plastic over them, that looked almost work. like it was a practical effect. Fire it up, Optimus. The code, the code on these glasses indicates the Allspark is two hundred and thirty miles from here. Gosh, it sure is a great thing that those glasses didn't get broken the, the dozen times that they got dropped on the ground. They must during giant monster well. fights especially die. since they broke so easily in the first place mm-hmm. we'll die in vain if we don't accomplish our mission spray him with the smoke machine boys fumigate him we've got roaches why don't they think to take down the bad there ones with uh, dry ice later on in the movie were we so different they're a young species. That's a good they question. have much to learn. But I've seen good. Who are all these people just hanging around? Can you Freedom really do that at the, the Hoover Dam? Just kind of hang out like that? I think you can. I think you, you can. I think you can walk across it. To end this war. Huh. We must now, that is the, the same one from Superman the movie, right? So, yeah. It's pretty cool. The Only one Hoover Dam. I was just watching. Suicide. One of those sh- show. It was. It's a few years old, but it was like after man. You know, if all of a sudden man were taken off the earth, you know, right? Yeah. How what we our infrastructure would degrade, and it was saying the Hoover Dam would probably functionally produce electricity for like six to ten years before enough barnacles built up and like, you know. uh exhaust port you know the water ports and stuff to to gum up the works hmm. but like it's made to run on autopilot and it would just it would just be providing pumping out electricity for years and years and years huh. i thought that was pretty neat they say that not that they've actually tested that I'm yeah sure. no kidding <laughs> I do find those kind of things interesting, though, to think about, you know, what, what will still be around, you know, hundreds to thousands of years after, you know, some sort of, what do they call that, extinction event or something. Yeah, th- thousands of years, almost nothing. Right. Almost nothing. Oh, yeah, I mean, you look at the ancient world and what's left, and it's pretty much what, the pyramids and... Yeah, yeah, huge structures we look at and go, I have no idea what that is or what the function of it was, and that's about it. That was the amazing thing about that show was it was it was very amazing to me that it would be that quickly, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. that things would degrade. It was basically like things would get worse and worse, and then all of a sudden, probably pretty much everything just goes crumble, and you know, with nobody to maintain it. We did just like you said, Mr. President. We tortured him. <laughs> we think. 
When he made his approach over the North Pole, our gravitational field it's like, up his I don't know, if I were the government, I wouldn't be ice. messing with the Probably giant robots that much. Ago. I wouldn't be doing stuff we to piss them off. To right. Call him NB1. Well, sir, I don't mean to correct you on everything you think you know, but... I like those gigantic... I mean, trans. The, 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 well, actually, seven. those are Transformers that He's they're standing in front of. Right. Electrical Transformers, that's pretty funny. But I like them, they're just, you know, with the big giant heat, heat sinks on top of them. Now see, this is something that they'll run with much, much more in 2 and 3, but I like this, that they're taking popular pieces of, you know, modern conspiracy theory lore and integrating it into the story. I, I love that. That's one of the things that really won me over with, with uh, especially the later films, because 3 has a great uh, piece of that in it, you know, of, of why we went to the moon and why we didn't go back and things like that. Where they, uh, you know, somebody, whoever the writers were on these movies, were definitely paying sure attention to, yeah. you know, that that conspiracy theory stuff <laughs> and and mm-hmm. fully integrated it, and I, I just love it. You know, in this in this one, it's I can't tell if they were sincere or if it's a little bit of a naughty winky joke, but it's taken much more seriously in the next two movies, and almost becomes a. Uh, have you seen the National Treasure movies? No, I know. I, I know what the, you know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah. yeah. The first seven didn't Nicholas Cage. Yeah. I like. I. I'm a sucker for like the, this whole set design of the old air raid shelter. You know, facility with yeah. the, look at those windows right out of the forties. You know, this whole facility that was you know and was state of the art in the forties, and now is a sort of retro. Jesus Christ! Sing <laughs> everywhere, pretty much. You see, this part's cool because you actually do get the names of the different ones. This is the the one time in the movie where they do this, and I, I wish they had done this more during the movie to kind of refresh you on who the hell these characters are. Because I'm sure that this is intended as a big old shout out to the fans, you know? Oh yeah, oh so, yeah. They're, they're you know they're hoping to see their favorite one. Exactly. You know, favorite so, toy going out. That's why it surprises exactly? me that they don't do it a little bit more of referring to them by their actual names, so that you know you build. That recognition with people that don't know who they are and aren't familiar with the lore, and you get those geek out moments with the people that have been waiting the entire film mm-hmm. to see, you know, cool. the one that they liked best from oh, the show Freddy or from Cooper the comics or whatever. That's only three. That's Most of the time they don't do. It's like they right. never mention. They never use the word Hulkbuster in Iron Man three. You know what I mean? Right. Hey, yeah. But there it was. You know. Yep. I got a phone. Exactly. Ooh. Hopefully to be used busting Hulk someday. (laughs) I would like to see that. Please. Now this idea of being able to take an inanimate you know, a non-transformer machine and give it life and turn it in, I think that's 
a little, a little bit. sketchy. Yeah, it's it's a bridge too far. Because they do that a couple of times in the later films, and each time they do it, I'm always like, nah. I mean, it would be fun to experiment with different things. Well, like right here, all of a sudden it has a machine gun, it has missile. I mean, where does that come from? Where's all that mass come from, yeah. Breaking the box. Missiles. Yeah. You know, because there's that explanation. What in, happens uh, if you inject, like, one of those mechanical girls? <laughs> a real doll with transformers. Could that be uh, the next weird science movie? That's cool. You know, in uh, in Terminator 2, there's that scene where the kid and, uh, and Arnold Schwarzenegger are getting acquainted. And he, Arnold's telling him about the advanced model of the Terminator, and he says, well, why doesn't he just become a bomb or something to get me? And Arnold says, well, you know, bombs have, you know, moving parts and chemicals and things like that. It's not as simple as that, yet here these guys are doing that very thing. Doing whatever they need to, yeah, they're yeah, transforming, transforming into... Yeah. Transforming matter into different matter. They're transformers. It's funny That's that popular, scene, huh? That scene was filmed in the sort of washed out, oversaturated colors that they do a lot of movies in these days. But it was just not like that one scene. It was weird. Yeah. I if there's a lot of big rigs with that particular paint job on them because of Transformer fandom. They take all the Transformers and they program them, reprogram them into monster trucks. <laughs> Sell tickets to rednecks. That's one of the cool things about these is as these films have gone on, we've seen cooler and cooler Transformers, too. Ones that link up to form, like, giant ones and stuff. That's pretty neat. You don't know. Maybe you know, but I don't know. You just want to sit here and wait and see what happens? I have people's lives at stake here, young man. Drop it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, that's what I'm going. Whoa, whoa. Wait, wait. Guys, guys! Now it's a Quentin Tarantino moment. Yep. There's a lot of tributes to other movies in this. Oh yeah. Quote unquote tributes. That outfit he's got actually reminds me of the, uh, what are they called? The stars from Resident Evil. The, the outfits they wear in that. I don't know if you've seen any of those movies. I've only seen the first one. Alright. Okay. You want to lay the fate of the world? That latest one is uh, one of the movies that's available on the new movie thing we're subscribing to. I gotta watch that. That's the only. I heard it was terrible. I saw the end. They say that about every one of those movies, and I don't know what it is about them, but I actually get a kick out of every one of those movies. I I think it's because I don't go into it with any expectations. Well, yeah, that's good. You know, this (laughs) this is gonna be a uh, you know I'm gonna just kill an hour and a half watching this goofy, stupid shit. You know, all I remember about it was I was like, oh, this is a zombie movie, and then I was like, ah, the zombies were the weakest part of the whole movie. I liked all the little traps and stuff they had to evade, and like people cubed and diced and stuff like that. That was pretty neat. Yeah. But, like, I saw I the ending of the latest one, and it was cheesy. It was like a video of people watching it and just, like, rolling in laughter. It's just ridiculous. Sort of Matrix. Hmm. 
style bad CGI Matrix style fight with evil dogs getting cut in half and stuff in slow motion. He looks like an elf there or something. <laughs> with that blue light on him, he looks like something from Avatar. See, I want to see that one just because I want to know how uh, Hottie McHotness there from the very first movie is back in this one. Because she died in the first movie. It's the world's greatest Rubik's Cube. Yeah, how does this thing work exactly? I don't know. We need a 13-year-old kid to solve it. Either that or it's Hellraiser. Let's get to it. He's right. We stay here. going to bring this. What are the Cenobites? This is the one. I can't forgive this part. They're in the middle of friggin' nowhere, right? At the Hoover Dam. And this guy just proposed, let's take the thing that the evil Destructobots are headed for and drive into a populated major city to have our battle. Wait, what? You're in the middle of the friggin' desert. Why don't you just stay out there to have your battle so that you don't kill millions of people? Because it would be so much cooler in the city. <laughs> Is that the in-universe reason? I think so. I think that he just wants to, he's just like, this is my chance to finally see a giant robot take out the city. <laughs> Maybe he grew up there and just has a serious grudge or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh-oh. Yeah. I didn't don't, see that coming. Don't feel so good about, uh... Maybe it was an idea, a good idea to keep them all frozen and pissed off for so long. You know what's really funny here is in the second movie, there's one of the evil ones is played by Tony Todd, and the moment he spoke, I recognized his voice. I was like, "Holy shit, that's Tony Todd!" Tony Todd. Yet this one, Megatron talks. In all three of these movies, I know it's the same actor in all three, but every time he talks, I think it's, uh... Shit, what's his name? You know, the Kurgan. You know, uh... You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. I can't. It's not him, though. It's Hugo Weaving is who it is. The guy that played the Red Skull and V for Vendetta and, uh... The, the prince, the elf dude in um, Lord of the Rings. After Matrix watch for Vendetta again. Oh, have you seen it? I saw it when it came. I saw it in the movie theater when oh, it came I didn't out. Had seen it because you hadn't read the book, right? I hadn't read the book, and I just read the book, and now I'd like to see the movie to now see how they compare. I see, from reading the book, they seem to be pretty close to the bone, but I want to see how much of it that, you know, what they cut out and what they changed. So I'm, I'm up for, I'm getting, gearing up for another viewing of the movie. They're very close, and I really, really enjoy the movie, but there were some elements of the movie that seriously pissed me off, because you could tell that somebody was grinding their political agenda in there. Right, right. Yeah, that seriously annoys me when they do shit. Well, like the whole—I mean, the whole story is kind of a political agenda. No, I mean a specific, you know. Yeah, they were—they were adding something that that meant something. Once again, they were adding something that was going to date it, you know. Right. That's a cool shot. 
almost done. See, here's a classic example of like alternating crane shots. Ninja. That looks a little like Luther's uh, lair. <laughs> yeah, it does. Superman's coming in. Clancy Brown, that's the guy's name. Clancy Brown, but that's not who it is. It's, it sure is who he sounds like to me, though. I like that the president's uh, arming himself anyway. <laughs> or whatever good it's going to do. Oh man, I want my own little underground library base. So jealous. I, I don't know why he would deserve a Razzie. He's not like eye-buggingly right scenery chewing. Even if he was, so what? Somebody should chew scenery in a movie like this. Here we go. We're about to get some serious shit. But before we get there, I just want to ask, who in this day and age is monitoring for telegraphy signals or SOS or whatever? You know, the Morse code, I mean. <laughs> and they picked yeah. it up awfully quick. There's some 90-year-old guy who just didn't know that his job's been discontinued 40 years ago. That is cool as hell. I love the sound in this movie. It's great, too. That's it's cool. still very, very coherent. But <laughs> as this action sequence goes on, it suffers from a little bit of the inco that coherent. Really cool. Yeah, that is very cool. At this, at this point, it's not. It's moving around. You sort of know where everybody Dang. is. You, you know, you get an idea of the space. That That's was one of my complaints with the movie the first time I saw it. Is like, yeah, it's really neat. There's a lot, a lot of action, but some of it is really, really hard to follow. It's just a mess of movement is what it is. But I like that punching him and the eye sort of popped out. It was a rock'em, sock'em, robots sort of moment. Right. But what I find with this, though, is that now that we have a big screen TV, it's a lot easier to follow. And mm -hmm. so I suspect... The movie was specifically made to be happening on a big. grand scale. And oh yeah, it was made it to be seen down. Yeah, but I can't. I can't wait for you to see uh, Pacific Rim to see the difference in how the fights are approached. You know, Pacific Rim actually like well the robots are giant robots, but the monsters are CG, but they still have that guy in rubber suit. To him, so when they when they fight, it's a I mean it's a visceral like you know right you're 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 feeling it you're fe you, you know when when one of them picks up one and chucks them across the street it's like wow whereas here it's just sort of like wow that's cool you're watching it happen but Del Toro's a you know famously insanely great meticulous filmmaker you know he's working on a cinema level too you know he's trying to make a where he is in his he is making a rock'em sock'em movie but he's trying to add elements of depth to it whereas if this one tried to add elements of depth to it it would just ruin it you know it right. would it would it would 
it would just get mocked mercilessly for try, even trying, and rightly so. That, I mean, How is that movie doing? Is, is, have they managed to turn it around yet? Because I, I know what's really funny is um, uh, Scott McGregor was promoting. He's like, "Well, it looks like they're right. It only made thirty million on its first day, and they were saying twenty-five million. But then another guy that I know was over here, and I was like, "Hey, you seen Pacific Rim yet?" And he's like, "No." He's like, "But it's doing good." And I'm like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah. I just read it. It, it, it clocked in ninety million, ninety mil for the weekend." I don't know if maybe he was thinking of a different movie or if he got it wrong or something, but I haven't checked on that yet. That would be really nice if it did. Yeah. I don't worry. I don't worry about it that much because when I watched that movie, I was like, "This movie is when this movie hits like China and Japan, it's gonna make bank because they already, you know, they invented those kinds of movies." Right. And this movie is the ultimate trip. You know, when the giant monsters come out, you're brum 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 music. And it'll make its money. I think it'll make its money in in foreign domestic. You know, it still might be, you know, like in the bullshit manner we've been talking about with a lot of movies lately. Like Hollywood will still consider it a flop, but everybody will have gotten paid back and and made a profit off it when all is said and done. They just didn't hit the jackpot like they wanted to or whatever. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I just hope it does well because I hope that his um, um, Haunted Mansion movie can go forward. Mm. That, that's He'd be a great guy to do a Haunted Mansion. Really, they, they're going to try again with Haunted Mansion. Yeah, it's been in, it's been in, uh, Del Toro's personal queue for quite a while that he wants to do. You know, he wants to have a crack at Haunted Mansion. And for a while, there was rumors that it was dead. But the last thing I heard was that he's like, no, he's he's adamant. He just had other things he wanted he's to do He's one of those first. guys. He always has these... You always hear about pots on the fire, and they always sound like great pots of food. You know, he's wanted to do the Lovecraft Cthulhu stories. And he has... This movie is... A, you know, Pacific Rim had a little elements of that to it, too. The thing about Pacific... You know, people are going to compare this movie and that movie a lot. But this movie, they're robots, and they're giant robots in that movie, but they've got that added, you know, anime aspect of it, of their giant robots with people inside of them, you know? So you've got your whole, you know, different teams to run the robots and stuff, and it's got that that human... The robots are basically humans, you know? So it's, it's, it's sort of a different different thing I thought I was going to be making a lot more comparisons and maybe not liking the movie because I'd seen Pacific Rim and would get snobby and been like wow they're not doing this as good as Pacific Rim but it's definitely apples and oranges you know watching it there's that sound yeah and it's weird, and they almost do it as a, like an Easter egg. So like the people right. who remember it go yay, but it's like they should have been doing it all the time. Why not? That's. <laughs> One thing I did like about this is that um, it's not just the bad guys. That get taken out. You know, they they actually lose oh, a no. team in this, which that's well, that's 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 always something, and that's something I always always like. I guess in the Transformers movie, 
there's there's the robot deaths too and, and right. the whole run of it all you know and I remember someone talking about one comic story where basically everybody gets wiped out you know right yeah except for one and you know I find that very um, a very adventuresome thing to do for a toy company <laughs> Toy companies usually don't want to kill off their, you know, their toys and stuff. But the, the, uh, but also the other thing about this is, you can kill them off, but you can just make more. You know, you can design new ones all the time. Now I wonder, something that uh, that occurred to me is, you know, this this franchise has had legs for a long time now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we're talking thirty it, years now. What? And I wonder, at its core, what's the difference between this and, say, see this scene right here is brutal. It's another King Kong. Aww. You know, what's the difference between this and, say, Rom? You know, because Rom, in comic form, yeah, it was a toy first and didn't really do all that well. And the comic survived it, you know, by many years longer than the toy did. But the the comic, much like from what I hear, now I've never read the Transformers comic, but from what I've heard, you know, the Transformers comic, the Marvel comic, helped establish this this rich lore and and everything that people are so invested in. Along, you know, of course, along with the cartoon. But you know, like say, Rom had the same thing. You know, had this very long, almost as long as the Transformers, and this rich universe and everything. Yeah, have the toy synergy with it though. Yeah. That's the thing is, the Transformers were still selling toys, still selling toys, cartoon. It was a whole synergistic thing where, you know, the 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 um, the cartoons are money from advertisers. Plus, the cartoons are an ad for the toys. Plus, the comics are an ad for the toys. So there was, but there was something to sell. With Rom, the only thing there was to put money into, or, you know, to to pay money for, was the comic, and that's. That's a certain amount of money for Marvel, and it's a certain amount of money for the toy company when they get their cut from Marvel. But that's it, you know. It wasn't, you know, there weren't kids buying a whole bunch of ROM toys, or else it would have probably been profitable to keep the comic going even longer and to reinvent it. And, well, you know, the things keeping it from reinventing it now are just licensing laws. Right. So... You know, I, I'm sure if if the, it could be made into a comic, they would because it was a very popular comic, and it wasn't like one of those things where it went away and nobody cared about it. People would like to see a rom comic, I assume, because I hear a lot of people say it. That's cool. That's very cool. And why, I wonder why didn't they pick a nearby building for Sam to run to? Megatron. <laughs> I mean, he literally runs across, like, the entire city to get to the building that uh, the captain picked out for him. That just doesn't make sense to me. You know, now that this is, you know, the first time I saw the rewatch, and it's funny, there's a very similar scene in Pacific Rim to this right here. But now that I'm watching it again, yeah, there's a little more coherency to the fight now than the first time I saw it. Yeah. 
It would be even more exciting if I was familiar with San Francisco. I've been to San Francisco, but like San it would be really exciting to see a city that you lived in. Right. Get destroyed. Wouldn't that be awesome? Some place where you've been in a lot, you know, and you're seeing um, familiar streets getting just... <laughs> it happened to me, dude. Well you had you had Walking Dead, yeah. yeah. Atlanta, there were so many places in that, you know, in, in the pilot episode, I was like, Yep, I I know exactly where that is, yeah. It's freaky. It, what's funny was that as cool as it was to actually see that you know, on TV and in the you know in the show and everything, uh, I thought the I thought the comic uh, did it better in a lot of ways because there was a lot of elements of the comic that uh, well I told you before it used to freak me out you know because at that time I was working nights and you know a lot of times I'd be leaving in the middle of the night or getting home you know in the morning when it was still pre dawn and <laughs> checking for zombies man. Yeah. <laughs> I love that scene. He just picks up that minivan and just flings it. Well, finally, finally we're getting into something. And that's what I like about, like, Transformers is, you know, a lot of stuff like this, they would want to keep it G-rated. Nobody dies. Right. Human or otherwise. but And they keep it to a minimum, a fair minimum. And that's an alien gag right there with that thing jumping on her face. Right. It's firing... It's firing cans of Mountain Dew. That's actually pretty funny. It's real funny till you get a can of Mountain Dew upside the head. There's a door. <laughs> See right there, doesn't he sound like the Kurgan? Yes, he does. Does he not sound like Hugo Weaving to me? It's funny. They must be doing something to his voice. Was it Hugo Weaving in um, Lord of the Rings too? Yeah, yeah, he was Lord uh, Voltron or whatever the hell it's Kindle Smoke or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, he was the elf dude in that. Yeah, the head. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? The, Elrond Hubbard. That was uh, Elrond. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and he was he was the he was the he was the Sunglasses guy in uh, the Matrix. In the Matrix. Yeah. Mr. Sunglasses, or whatever the hell his name is. Mr. Ray-Ban. I've only ever seen the first one of that, and that was plenty for me. The first one I w was another one that I was like, this is going to suck. And I was like, hey, this is really good. But when it ended, what should have been about halfway through the movie, that was when like the concept of it took off and was really cool. And then the second movie was a hot mess in an interesting way. And then the third movie was one of the biggest pieces of dog shit I've ever seen. And I've seen some huge pieces of dog shit, real and cinematic. I almost walked out of that one. Maybe one of these days I need to rewatch the first one, but I've only ever seen it once. I saw it way after the hype, and I walked away going... So this is the movie that everybody is saying is the was, awesome, huh? Because I just was like, what? Uh, the, the first movie was like the watered-down watered intro to a great Philip K. Dick book of where you don't know what's real or not, you know? You know, like, uh, like you know, like, um, 
Oh, what was the Schwarzenegger movie with Mars? Um, Total Recall. Total Recall. But it's only at the last, like, there's elements of it, and then the last shot is like, okay, this is where this movie would get really good. It was basically just an introduction, but I was like, that wasn't really totally bad. That was like, it, it, it was like, for, as a Philip Jose, or Philip Jose Farmer, Philip K. Dick fan, it was really watered down and disappointing, but I was like happy that Joe Average was getting that kind of story, you know, that it was starting to become mainstream. And then the second one was just like one of those movies where it's like, what are they thinking? But it was so fascinating to watch. And the third one is was sort of like, I give up, let's just shoot a bunch of special effects and throw them together and, uh, and go for it. And if I had been at a uh oh come on that is not that far to jump if i had if i had been in the movie theater with a good arcade in it i would have been out playing game i would have told my friends i'll meet you out i'm gonna go play a game of you know star wars trilogy or something (laughs) you know because i was literally sitting in the movie theater disgusted about halfway through the movie i'm like really this isn't gonna get any better is it and then it's just like grinding my teeth through it was truly an un- unpleasant experience i really i was like i want to leave <laughs> see and people is- wonder why i don't go to movies that i know ahead of time i'm not going to enjoy that's exactly why i don't do that anymore because i got tired of sitting it there in the theater going oh jesus i still got you know an hour and 45 minutes to go in this piece of shit and, and i already paid for not it, so. feeling it you know <laughs> So I'm, I just, I'm committed. I'm not doing it anymore. If I know ahead of time it's going to be a shitty ride, I'm, I'm not even going to sell that. That's the thing, and a lot of people would say, well, you never know, because sometimes so you go to a movie and it surprises you and stuff. But guess what? That's what we got Netflix for these days. No kidding. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's what we got Netflix for. That's where you can take a risk and say, you know... I thought this movie was going to suck, but you know what? Let me put this on for 10 minutes and give it a chance and then go, hey, you know what? This is good. And then sometimes you get surprised. But nowadays it's so expensive. That's cool. Because, like, when we were in high school, we used to go to the movies all the time. Oh, yeah. I would visit my mom. You would just meet me in Watertown, and we'd be at the movies almost every weekend, you know, seeing things multiple times and stuff. And now, to me, going to a movie is like, all right, I've got to watch this guy. Ow! <laughs> right against the cab, too. Sam. Um, but now it's such a big deal that, yeah, you don't want to just be you like, I'm going to go take a risk on this, you know? I'm just going to go see a movie and see a random movie. Those days are over, unless you're rich. You must push the cube and even then, <laughs> movies are probably still kind of expensive. Like I said, I spent 25 bucks on a matinee at IMAX 3D. You know, with a with a small popcorn and a small soda. But it was funny the the ticket guy was just like, "So you guys are doing the IMAX, huh?" And we're like, "Yeah." And he's like, "I've seen every IMAX movie since I've worked here." And he's like, "You guys are in for a treat." And you could tell he was just like, "Oh yeah, fellas." I hope you're right. You know, he was he was just like, ah, here, you know, he was taking tickets, and then when we ordered ours, he's like, here's a couple for the IMAX. So we were walking away going, that's a good sign. <laughs> when the ticket guy is seeing them, I like that, the, how those wings fold up. They're like yeah. a wasp or something. 
See, that's the one I wouldn't mess with. The one that's with rotating blades. Yeah, that has <laughs> helicopter blades and a helicopter. Hand. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, um, Colonel, I'm 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 going to the house now. You you guys are you guys got this one right? They need a giant bubblegum gun to shoot into the blades to gum them up. I mean, he shredded a car a minute ago. There's no way I'm going anywhere near that. Target mark still waiting. This guy with a target marker is shit, because then he ends up shining it somewhere where the thing can see it, too. <laughs> F-22s were still waiting. You're too high, dude. What, dude? I'm not high at all. Oh, the movie. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you think? Medic! <laughs> I think in the military, he's got to love Michael Bay. Yeah. Okay, this part's goofy. Cool, but goofy. Yeah! I got no skin on my ass! Yeah! Military likes anybody whose movie they're in nowadays, because if you want to have the military in your movie, like, in a, in a lot of ways, it... They, they really control, you know, what you're gonna, you know, what the military, you know, they have to make the military into a positive light. Now you can have a bad guy that ends up being like a general, you know, but he's gotta be like a rogue, you know. And you probably, they probably don't want you to have him win. <laughs> That, that that's saying if you use a movie where you actually use the military, where you say, "Hey, can we use some of your fighter jets? You know, can we right. get some guys and tanks?" Which most likely they did here. That's a that scene isn't very realistic, but I like it. It reminds me of like the cover to a novel, you know, a painted right cover to like say a Transformers novel it was it was neat it reminded me of like part, that was what sort of Clone Wars reminded me of in a lot of ways put the cube my chest now Sam no Sam this is where I'm confused <laughs> Elizabeth I'm coming to join you, honey. <laughs> I I thought that's what this dude wanted all along. What what else did they want the all spark thing for if not to to join with it or whatever? Maybe joining with it feels maybe it was like the ultimate orgasm for him. You were <laughs> happy, you know. It wasn't the cube that killed the beast. It was beauty. Sam, I owe you my life. We are in your debt. Really? Go steal me all the golden Fort Knots. <laughs> Gotta say, I'd be pretty psyched to have the Transformers in my debt. <laughs> And I, I, you know, not that she's all that she's cracked up to be, but I'd be pretty happy to have, have her for a girlfriend because I would just be like, 
We're pulling into McDonald's. We pulled into the last McDonald's. That's right. Big Mac for you. You honor us with your bravery. Permission to speak, sir. Permission granted, old friend. You speak now? I wish to stay with the boy. I like how the animation of how his wheel was just sort of like wobbling back and forth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I do. I really like the uh, the design where you can see the elements of the, the functionality. Yeah, of them. that is. That's really cool. It, it, you need that to counteract the unrealistic elements of it. Gentlemen, the president. Hey, we didn't see this one blow up in this movie <laughs> during this time period. <laughs> In the decade that this movie was made, the White House got blown up quite a few times. I'm very surprised it made it through this one. I don't know, I haven't seen the other movies. Maybe there's a... Maybe we'll get to see it in the future. I'm really curious what they're going to do for the fourth movie Oh, they gave him the Bin Laden. With the all-spark gone, we cannot return life to our planet. And fate has yielded its reward. <laughs> a new world. There's the time for the fart home. joke. We live among its people. Corvette now, Summer. In plain sight. Uh, you guys are making out on my nose. Yeah, exactly. I can smell Waiting. your ass. It's on my Protecting. scent vent. <laughs> I have witnessed you move over a few feet. Courage. Jesus. And though we are worlds That's a good apart, shot. Yeah. like us, there's more to them than meets the eye. Catchphrase! I am Optimus Prime, and I send this That's message cool with the to mirrors and the, Autobots taking and all that from the, the, uh, the door of the big rig. That, I actually we like that design. Here. That's cool. We are waiting. And now here's all the awful songs that they uh, paid for. I do. I don't like the closing credits of this. No, it's it it, it suffers from the credits of that time period and all time. Actually, still to this day. you know what? I think that. Are you interested in the other ones? I am interested in the other ones. I would be very curious to see what you would uh, what you would think of the other two. Well, word on the street from other people that I've talked to is that the second a lot of people really hated the second one, and I just hated it as a complete that might have outsider. To do, that's what I'm saying. It might have something to do with stuff we're not even aware of. That's what I'm thinking. Because as a complete outsider, I don't get it. Because I really dig. Well, I mean, I know what I know what the critics didn't like about it, but that was the same stuff they didn't like about this one. You know, so whatever. But uh, there's a lot more. I think the story's tighter in the second one. I think there's a lot less of the goofy element in the second one, and there's a lot more explodey shit in the second one. So I like it. uh, Was it like Jamie Foxx, one of the robots in the second one? Maybe. I I don't know. Maybe. But I'm of the opinion that they just get better, because I I thought this one was pretty good. 
I think the second one is really good, and then I thought the third one was great, so I don't know. But I mean, each of them have their their little thing, you know, because in this one, it's the thing of, okay, we've got this thing, the bad guys are coming for it, so let's take it to the city <laughs> to hide it. And I'm like, that's like the most horrible plan ever, dude. And then the, the third one, the... Uh, I don't want to be too spoilery, but basically there's a there's a plot element where it's like, okay, let's let this major city get destroyed to basically teach humanity that you need us. I'm like, that's a pretty yeah. harsh lesson, dude. That's a yeah. really harsh lesson, actually. Yeah. I'm you trying can to just tell a, him. How about you just tell us? Right. <laughs> there's an element in the second one too that I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but there's a part like that in the you know one of those little plot holes. Well, actually, a major plot hole thing in the second one too, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, but otherwise you don't get to see the city get destroyed. Exactly. Exactly. I do dig it though. I, I think it's I think it's a pretty good flick. But uh, I, I'm impressed that they've so far they've managed to keep. Um, most everybody together. What's her name? Megan Fox bailed out after the second one, and I think that does hurt the third one a bit, but not a lot. And uh, rumor has it, though, that uh, Shia LaBeouf's not coming back for the fourth one, and I'm like, hmm. He might be getting kind of old. Well, he, he might be, but I mean, the story so far anyway, the first three really revolves around him I mean he's he's been a major component and kind of the unifying force in the three well, maybe movies, so maybe they'll do one with a more cosmic element to it you know that would be cool I could I would, I'd be down for that it would sort of actually there's a lot of cosmic movies coming out so it might it, I, oh man you want to talk about beautiful on the IMAX screen trailer for the new Thor movie Oh, really? I was feeling it this time. Like, when I saw it on the computer, I was like, okay. You know, they're holding back on it. But uh, it was nice on... Nice. <laughs> now, is it the same one? or is, was Yeah, it it's the one? same one. It's I'm, the same one, but large and in your face. It was like, okay, I can, I can totally see this. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm really jazzed about Guardians. I I hope that's good. I'm very excited for that. I'm sort of guessing that it's going to be because it's not something that people demanded. Right. So they might really try hard to make it good. They might be like, okay, and I have faith in Marvel doing that because sometimes there's stuff that nobody demanded. And it, and it, you know, well, I don't know. I think actually, I'm, I was gonna name John Carter, but I guess that's a bad example. That's a horrible example. Yes. Yeah. But um, but people weren't looking for John Carter. That that was that was if it maybe if it was marketed better, you know, people would have been interested in it. But. Every, everything I've heard, and, and this is me still not having seen the movie. I want to. I just haven't made time to do it yet. Everything I've heard about that movie is that the reason it's a bomb is basically uh, uh, either a lack of marketing or failed marketing or mismarketing, mm -hmm. something like that has nothing to do with the quality of the movie. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That happens sometimes. Sometimes 
a movie bombs for no other reason than people just weren't interested. You know, you could come out and it could be a fantastic movie that the people that do see it love it. They think, hey, this was a really solid flick. And for whatever reason, it just doesn't light the world on fire. I mean, it happens. And, you know, I'm of the opinion that that shouldn't be held against a movie, you know? But yeah. Oh, no, it should just be whether it's a good movie or not, if you're going to judge it, you know. Right. We now we can judge the marketing department of the film company. The re- re- right. I was going to say, you know, now we live in a world where everything's judged by the box office, but I, it's probably always been that way. I can't really yeah. give a whole lot of movies that were... Oh, no, I mean, movies, when I... You know... When I find old magazines that talk about movies in them and stuff, they talk about the box office. This movie's making a lot of money and stuff. What's really funny about that is you see old magazines from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, and then you realize how many movies there were that just you never heard of, you know? Mm -hmm. The ones that have survived that everybody remembers, and there's just like all these movies that have just disappeared, probably because they were mediocre and, you know, just like the... The um, I don't know if it's that's a good example because it may because he makes shit tons of money, Adam Sandler movies and stuff like that. But you know, I mean, just the sort of movies that were just like made for the hell of it, right? Tommy Company, General Motors. I wonder what Tommy had to do with Transformers. No idea. Star Trek clip. Where was Star Explorers clip? Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Uh, Star Trek clip. I didn't see either of those. I even mentioned Explorers in this movie. It might have been a sound clip because the Star Trek one was uh, when uh, Bumblebee was talking to Sam for the first time there. He heard Uhura go, message from Starfleet Captain. So they might have been talking sound clip. Oh, I wonder what the Explorers I don't know what clip the Explorers is. One was. That's that's obscure. That's that's really funny though. I actually mentioned that movie in this out of <laughs> no, and I haven't seen that, and I haven't thought of that movie in a long time. I don't know that I ever actually saw that movie start to finish. That would have been that movie is another one that came out a little late for us. You know, if we were five years younger we would have identified more with the kids but it's one of those great movies where the kids build their own spaceship and fly somewhere you know or they right they build a spaceship and are aided by aliens but you know they build like a treehouse fort and they go flying around in it it would have been great wish fulfillment if we were a little younger is that a disney flick i can't remember <clears throat> it might have been Cause, I think uh, it had Spielberg was. I think Spielberg was associated with it as a producer, maybe. Because I want to say that somewhere on property, you know, at, at Walt Disney World, that, uh, that there's a prop from that. But I, I often would confuse that movie and Flight of the Navigator. So I the, think what you're talking about is it was that ride that we went on when we were down there for Star Wars Celebration. The one that Hero fell asleep on, where you're on the trolley car, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah. I think it was uh, it was before you got on that ride. Remember, you could sort of look over that hill, and there was just some props sitting there. Right. Yeah. And I think it was the Explorer's vehicle. I think you're right. Yeah. It could have been Flight of the Navigator too. I can't remember. 
But I remember it just sort of sitting there, you know. They, it, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like they took it out and left it there. It was purposely there to sort of look like it was just sort of sitting in a back lot. But it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, well, that was enjoyable. Yeah, I think so too. Do we know uh, what we might want to do for next time? I don't know. I wouldn't want to do Transformers Two right after it, you know. Okay. But um. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We got a month to, to kick <laughs> it around in our head. We got a month to think about it, absolutely. Well. You, you know how that goes. You and I could be talking a week from now and been like, oh my god, we got to do that movie. And Yeah, that's true. But at the moment, I can't think of any... Uh, you know, we were doing those tie-ins with the with the current stuff coming out, and I can't think of any tie-ins really that are coming along for. I can't think of anything that's really not until Thor, I think. Yeah. But. And that's what September or October? Um, October, November, something like that. It's toward yeah. the end of the year, yeah. But cool. Well, we should probably go ahead and wrap it up for this one because not only was it's it a, a long, long one, movie, but there's uh, there's that sound clip I'm going to put in here at the end. So, all right, recruits, ready or not, it's mission time.
do. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks.